your hostile power. Oh, Lord, hear my prayer. It's not human. Should we just have this going the entire recording? Just, 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 <laughs> is this just the sound effect? Never gets old. <laughs> Slave us ring. Are you bored now? We're just sitting here with uh, two warm, actually the cold glasses of Nog. Yeah. We're sitting by a, a fireplace. And by fireplace, it's just Alex's books burning. I'm just lighting them all on fire to it's really keep warm. really hot. I'm kind of sweating. They Jesus. turned off the heat in my apartment, even though it's Los Angeles and I'll be okay. Thought I'd burn the books. It's finally come down to that, hasn't it? It has. It has. It has. <laughs> keeping warm. Keeping warm in a big uh, toxic waste barrel. A couple of years, no gigs, and now they turn the heat off. Oh. Oh, Christ. Has risen. It is his time. True, you're right. He's back. Christ is here. Welcome to It's Not Human Christmas Party. Hey, everybody. (sighs) Fuck off, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's not not what Christmas is all about. That is the highlight of my month. Uh, apparently this is just a monthly thing. We were planning on doing uh, two this month, but it's the holidays, man. It's very stressful. Dude, it's been so busy. It's a busy time. Busy time. I'm you very, did a lot. Who did? You did. I've done so much. You've done like holiday fundraisers. I've done a and lot of like holiday parties. Did a fundraiser last night. Did the holiday party at the office. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. Krampus run. Krampus walk. The Krampus, Krampus run. The Krampus crawl. ball. Uh, I've had a lot of hangovers this month. Mm-hmm. Um. And I gotta say, this is really the most I've ever done Christmas in a very long time. You feel the spirit? No, I don't. <laughs> ba rum bum bum bum. <laughs> I ba humbug all the way. Jake and his come. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this has really been quite the Christmas season. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot. I'm pretty fucking exhausted. We watched a lot of movies, but it was it was by our own free will, and it's been yeah. amazing. But we're not going to review them all. But uh, the two movies we are going to talk about are Black Christmas and Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about those. Um, those were good. We so we initially thought of that we were going to maybe do two episodes. One would be like a Krampus themed episode, and the other would be serial killer Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, the Krampus movies. There's really no good ones. No, there's not. Well, 
Rare exports. Rare exports is good, but it's, it's not, not really Krampus. Yeah, it's it's not like, like you see horns coming out of the big thing. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and like but, there's and there's the elves, which isn't part of Krampus folklore at all. That movie was filled with a lot of old man penis, which I didn't want. Dude, this I, holiday I season. love old man penis. That's pretty bad. Man, I can't believe I said. Uh, it. <laughs> it's, I'm it's keeping forever it. recorded. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, that should be my uh, Instagram bio. <laughs> Jacob Lyle loves old man penis. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, I started I started adding hashtags to my posts. I hate myself. <laughs> You've been doing that ever since we started the the Instagram for our podcast. The podcast I've been doing it, but yeah. now I've been doing it to my actual Instagram because <laughs> like I had a conversation with somebody recently, and it was a good conversation, but like she kind of really hit it home. She was like. She was like, she was like, so you're an actor, and I was like, yes. And she was like, what are you, what are you doing for that? And I was like, you know, I, I audition, and you know, I did a play recently, and you know, I got this podcast. And she's like, and we're like, are you taking classes? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, what are you doing social media wise? Because like social media is written. And I was just like, nothing. Like, <laughs> if you write more hashtags, that means you're doing more oh, in life. God, I guess. No. I mean, it does like it's crazy because you'll get like you'll get like thirty likes immediately, and then it just stops. Yeah. And then the likes from your friends start. So it's like you end up with like an extra like twenty likes on a post, and maybe like three extra followers a week. But it's bullshit, and I hate it, and I feel like a scumbag. You're scumbag, Steve. Anyway, that's that's um, my Christmas story <laughs> about me whoring myself. Merry out. Christmas. Uh, what um, else are we? What else are we talking about today? Uh, today we're gonna talk about like Christmas creatures from around the world. Yes. Then we're also gonna talk about a uh, 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 Christmas tragedy that happened not too far from us. Yeah, like right down the street. Um, um, um. And then um, we got a little interview. And we got a little interview with Al. I'm gonna say this last. Right an hour. Right an hour. Uh-huh. Who is like a scholar on all things Krampus? He's and a he Krampus reads, expert. And yeah. And uh, uh, Jacob, you didn't mention that you were uh, a character in the Krampus event. Yeah, and it was a character for both the Krampus ball and the Krampus lauf or Krampus run. Mm-hmm. And who was uh, this character? I was I was the pinecone man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, uh, I had no, I didn't really have any idea what it was, and I was kind of afraid to ask anybody when mm-hmm. I was doing it because, like, I wanted to seem cool and like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um. But we finally, I finally got to ask Al in this interview. Um, what you are? Yeah, what the pinecone man was. That could have been like something really bad. Like, what if it was like, oh, you are yeah, the malevolent spirit yeah. of ancient pedophiles. Well, you know, <laughs> that, that would that, be that, fitting. You're like, it? I'm the pinecone man. <laughs> but I'm the pinecone man. I'm the pinecone man. Um, but yeah, that I, I went to one of the events and that was... A lot of fun. Funny and weird and, and goofy. Um, We've also been like really obsessed with German culture this month. And by German culture, we literally just mean eating sausages and drinking um, and steins of beer. And hating Nazis. Mm, oh, well, yes, of course. The Yeah. yeah, not yeah the, we're post-World War II yes, Germany, yes, not, yes, uh, yes, not, yes. not pre. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, that interview... Uh, It'll come after our reviews, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, he just cheers me. Oh, he just yeah. raised the... Yeah, Prost. Heard Prost. Krampus. Mm-hmm. It's not Christmas without 
Nog. No, no, it's not. These movies we watched are Santa. Well, one doesn't even involve a Santa Claus. Black Christmas? No. No. It just takes place during Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then the other one, yes, involves the Santa Claus. But we also watched uh, Tales from the Crypt, the All Through the House mm-hmm. episode, which is like one of the best episodes ever because it's creepy and terrifying and uh, has a deranged mental patient dressed up as Santa mm-hmm. who stops a woman who killed her husband to collect insurance money or she was just tired of him. and Yeah, was... she just got sick of him. Yeah. Which is interesting. Reminds me of that Black Widow thing. Oh, I thought you were going to say, it's interesting. I'm really sick of... Uh, my significant other. Oh, no, I no. love my significant oh, okay, other. Good, good, Someday good. she'll be sick of me. So she'll kill you? And then... Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I will be the one in Although, the I don't Santa know. She suit. might be the one with the money, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to be... My... <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend makes a bunch of money, and then I just sit in the closet recording podcasts for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good. I mean, it's fine with me. Yeah. Um. But yes... Uh. So yeah, these movies were really fun. We also watched that Inside Number Nine episode. Inside Number Nine, Krampus. Yes, which is like a nineteen seventies, uh, uh, like weird teleplay, yeah, thing. And then it all at the end, spoiler alert, it turns out to be a snuff film, a Krampus themed snuff film. It's incredible. It's so good. It's so good because yeah. you're sitting there and you're watching, and it's like there's a director's commentary to it, which is uh, it's uh, Derek Jacoby, famous English Shakespearean actor. And uh, at the end, the last, like, 20, 30 seconds of the, the thing, he's always like, it's just crazy. It just goes from, like, oh, she's being tied down, and then they're getting a chainsaw out, yeah. and then they're about to kill yeah, this goes actress who has no idea that, like, because it's showing the behind-the-scenes footage. But I looked over at you, and you were just, like, jaw-dropped on the floor being like, wait, what? Yeah, some pretzel fell out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was good. I forgot to talk to Al about that. I wanted to ask he if he had seen it, but I didn't want to get too much in a conversation. Oh yeah, because that's it. Because that's that's cool. I mean, but that that also has nothing to do with Krampus. Yeah, but I mean, at least they get the folklore right in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, and we also watched Krampus, and that movie's a piece of shit. Oh, Krampus was so disappointingly bad. So bad. Yeah, we, uh, were, we wanted to like we wanted to do an episode about that, but it's just like you know this doesn't. This doesn't work at all. This isn't. It's interesting because uh, Trick or Treat is one of my favorite Halloween movies of all time. Yeah. And it's so good. And like Michael Doherty, Doherty, I don't know how to say his name. Doherty. But um, this just doesn't work. No, it's so bad. Why doesn't it work? Because they just fucked everything up. Because they could have gone <laughs> with something generic. cool, but I don't know. Universal, that's why. Because yeah. Universal sucks. Well, I think, I think Krampus looked cool. Like, it kind of looks like this weird skin mask over, like, the yeah. demon, and he's hunched over to kind of look like a person. Yeah. And he kind of looks like Santa Claus, but, um, don't get the toys thing. Yeah. I don't really get the elves. I don't get why the ending is like, oh, we're all in, it's that fucking trope of, like, we're all in the snow globe at the end. Like, yeah. It, it couldn't find the right tone of comedy and so horror, bad. which which Trick or Treat does find. Yeah. 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 I don't know if maybe Krampus isn't necessarily meant to be brought to the silver screen. Uh, uh. I think it would be... <laughs> Later in the interview, Al brings up the, the German grandmother who's just like, yes, Krampus came to town and... She, he took all my relatives and I was left all on my own and um, and now he left a bell to me and I was 
I am here to tell the story. And then she doesn't really, like, do anything to yeah. prevent or warn. Yeah. It, what? Yeah, it just it's doesn't not, make it sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. And it has, like, a comedic cast, which is weird. It has, like, Adam Scott, and it has um, uh, David... Tony Collette's in it, right? Yeah. She does comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, David uh, Kochner? David, David, David Kechner. Kechner. David Kechner. That's how you say yeah. it. And then, uh, uh, what's her name? I'm blanking. Uh, from Fargo. Oh, yeah. From Molly? the TV show Fargo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that actress's yeah, name. Yeah, I'm blanking. No. But um, anyway, So Krampus was great. Yeah. Um, but. But these two movies. These two movies are amazing. Are very, but before we get into it, Jacob, can you tell me. Who who's this Krampus guy? Keeps this Krampus. About? Tell me all about the Krampus. So I'm gonna do a very very brief uh, history of Krampus and what he is. And if you want to get a really good idea, I suggest reading Al's book. Uh, it is called The Krampus: The Old Dark Christmas. And it's called The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas: Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil. Yes, highly recommend you read it. <laughs> it's a very, very good book, very dense, and it doesn't only talk about Krampus, but it talks about a whole bunch of like very dark Christmas characters, which Alex is going to talk about one here in a bit as well. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, basically, what, what was it? Someone told me that like Christmas basically turned into like the Coca Cola version, the Coca Cola Santa version. Yeah, exactly. That was back in the 1950s. After. Every holiday that happened at every holiday. Yeah, Halloween yeah. as well. Yeah, it's just a ploy to sell candy yeah of course yeah. but also it, it's weird that we cut out kind of the the balancing act of good and evil and mm -hmm. it's just like oh it's more about just just the good yeah um it's fascinating i mean it's why in american history have we sort of ditched all of the evil scary stuff it's because it's because that doesn't sell anything it doesn't, we're you america sell, you don't sell coca-cola with a fucking krampus we believe in the american dream yeah the evilness does well, not need to happen. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of a polishing of Christianity as well. Yeah. Which has happened over the years too. Well, it's uh, also it also reaches out to everyone in a more universal way without yeah. being like, "Hey, here's Jesus." Yeah. It's well, like, you don't yeah. talk like too much about you don't they like, don't really talk too much about hell and like as far as Christians are concerned, it's like all you got to do is accept Jesus into your life and then you'll go to heaven. And we're a like, horror podcast, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, we, uh... yeah so we talk about the scary yeah. shit. But anyway, um, all right, so Krampus. Krampus or the Christmas Devil. Mm -hmm. So uh, Krampus's name derives from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. Oh. And uh, it's a centuries-old German Christmas tradition. So if you don't know what Krampus looks like, he's a demonic evil creature depicted often as a hairy beast with cloven feet, yes. horns like a goat's, sharp teeth, and typically a tongue that actually lolls out of his mouth. Like unrolls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it rolls. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like 12 feet long. Yes. <laughs> um, he is kind of the shadow of St. Nicholas in a way. Yeah. Um, whereas St. Saint Nick gives treats and presents to those who are nice, Krampus punishes the naughty. Um, he's often depicted carrying a bundle of switches to hit the children with or wearing a basket on his back to transport naughty kids back to hell where they belong or back to his lair where he will... Put them in a snow globe? No, eat them. He will oh. rend them from limb to limb and mm -hmm. eat their flesh. Tasty. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so there are a bunch of different 
punishments as to what cramp uh, like his punishments kind of differ from region to region like different regions of bavaria yeah yeah like well bavaria austria germany mm-hmm. all all like it's 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 definitely developed over the years and like different towns do different things like if you if you read in the book there's like there's the house visit versus the Krampus run. And I mean, like, Al, was, Al talks about that a little bit in his interview where yeah. he, you know, talks about how, like, the cities are different than the towns and um, all kinds of stuff. But I sent you a clip, and I don't know if this is true, and I want I forgot to ask Al about this. I saw, I saw this thing where, like, in an Austrian town, there was, like, barricades, and it was, like, a weird kind of metal mosh pit of people in uh krampus outfits like tackling dudes and like wrestling them to the ground oh that's awesome is that it is that what they do because okay when i went to the art krampus walk it was just people kind of like lightly whipping me yeah with like weird uh sticks with the switches with the switch and uh uh, seeing that i was like what is yeah are they wrestling naughty people to the ground yeah technically that's what they're supposed to be doing it it, it it depends on the region it depends on the participants um oh jacob you didn't talk about Kramstein. oh Kramstein. Kramstein. the the Rammstein krampus cover band yes yeah so i'm gonna put po- i'll post a video on to the instagram page of the Kramstein performance it was amazing you sent me a video of that and i loved it so yeah. much it was a bunch of different uh krampus uh, masks and costumes that al and some other people in <laughs> krampus los angeles created yeah yeah and they're yeah. like singing like du hast yeah and all like <laughs> america so good they did a it's so weird they put they passed out a bunch of shots of jaeger and sang a like a jaegermeister ballad oh um, my god it was amazing Anyways, I'm sorry yeah. I interrupted. No, no worries. Um, but so far, so uh, for Krampus's punishments, again, like I said, it depends on towns and regions. Um, and in some places, they celebrate the Krampusnacht, um, which is on the 5th of December on the eve of St. Nicholas's Day, yeah. which is on the 6th of December. It's either the 5th or the 6th with everything. Yeah, that's... Well, yeah, 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 5th or the 6th. Well, typically, I think Krampusnacht is on the 5th, because St. Nicholas's Day is on the 6th. Got it. So it's, it's, it's on the eve of. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and uh, sometimes in some places, children will leave their shoes out the door uh, for either St. Nicholas to give them candy and treats or for Krampus to leave coal or switches in their shoes. Yeah. So it's if you've been naughty or have you been nice. Um, but in some towns, uh, St. Nicholas will actually go door to door um, visiting. These are the house visits versus oh, the you, Krampus run itself. Like a doctor. Yeah. And so they go door to door and um, they visit with the children. And if the kid has been nice, you know, Santa pays a visit. And if they've been naughty, Krampus comes in behind Santa Claus and whips the children if he has to. Can you imagine being like Typically a- he just gives them coal. He doesn't really beat the shit out oh, of random kids. I was hoping but- he would like pelt just the fucking charcoal piece just like at him um but can you imagine like how terrifying like being a little german kid and then like oh santa comes in and then all of a sudden like a big demon pops out of behind and be like well the tradition you punched my kid in the throat last week well part of the tradition is that they have like a there's like a large table in your kitchen right yeah and so 
that's what separates you from the the real dangers of the Krampus. Wait, what do you mean? It's like a barrier between sort of the living and the the beast. <laughs> they you know hold I mean? a ta- they put a table in front of people. Well, no, it's a kitchen table. So Saint Nicholas comes into the kitchen with Krampus behind him, and it's you know it's it's to like you know keep the kids from being too fucking scared because there's a giant de- hairy demon beast in that there. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there, I mean, there's, there's so many different traditions. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different part, part of, part of like what comes with Krampus is that there's like greeting cards yeah. that get passed around. And that's actually the reason why, um, Krampus became so, sort of this sort of rebirth or this resurgence of the beast himself mm-hmm. is that these greeting cards started getting like passed around on the internet and it became a meme. And through that, yeah. it became super popular. And Al actually talks about in his book as well, about that's kind of like, and he talked about it a little bit later, is it's kind of like how his interest started to peak too. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. what is this character? And it typically the card says, Gruß von Krampus, which means greeting from the Krampus. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought that was like actually his name, like first name Gruß von Krampus. Gruß. Gruß. Greetings. Gruß von um, Krampus. But um, another celebration is the... We've mentioned it already as the Krampus Lauf or the Krampus Run, in which a bunch of different people dress as the evil demon and run through the streets, spanking and terrorizing the naughty. Yeah. yeah. And the original costumes were actual hides from yeah. animals, right? Yeah. yeah. But you didn't wear it. But the people at the your Krampus walk weren't wearing that. I don't think they were no. fur. I don't think they were real fur or anything like that. But yeah. um, I don't know. But those would be like... Ovens, basically, you're walking around. Oh, yeah. Just like well, the suits that they wear are Still hot. very warm. Because yeah. they're all done. I mean, the suits that, that uh, a lot of the people in the Krampus Los Angeles troupe were wearing were very traditional. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I saw a guy removing his suit. I watched him intently. Yikes. <laughs> no, he was, he was taking it off, and he was, like, folding it inside out. And the, the fur was actually sewn into... Um, like a a mesh. cotton mesh uh, sweater. Yeah, it was gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. in like traditional like knit yeah. knit lining was what was uh, what he was actually wearing. Which Breezy, is so fucking hot. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. And Kramp, there's actually been like a bit of controversy as far as Krampus goes. Why? Well, you know, it's an evil demon that like beats children and takes them to hell. What's to more, eat them. Christmassy than that? Yeah. I mean, come on. Okay, there's a thing. I mean, Charles Dickens has ghosts. We forget that. Well, yeah, but that's like... Get out of here with that (laughs) shit. But, like, it was actually banned, completely banned during the Dolphus regime in 1923. Wait, was that the rise of the Nazis? um, The Dolphus regime was a fascist regime in Austria, I believe. Oh, okay, got you. Um... Like right after World War One, I. I could be completely wrong. I because my research on this is a little. Mm. <laughs> well, okay, I read something about during World War Two, underneath the Nazi regime, it was like they were trying to get rid of Christianity figures, and I don't think they had Santa Claus, but they were bringing back like old Germanic, Nordic, kind of like figures like Sigrund and uh, oh, uh, that's crazy. yeah, I don't know, but they were like, we're getting rid of. Krampus, because we don't want, like, the devil figure. Right, because it's sort of a Christian figure. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the it's the, the, the servant of St. Nicholas. I, I don't... Yeah. 
<laughs> Which is what he is, because Krampus is doing all of Saint Nick's dirty work. Yeah, because... but did they did they celebrate Christmas during that time? What during with, with Hitler during Hitler? Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, but he, there were a bunch of pamphlets in the 1950s distributed that said Krampus is an evil man. Yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, there's, there's a little of that, little bit of that controversy there. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, Krampus has really, uh, come back in a way and is probably more popular now than, um, I don't know. I want to say ever has that he's ever been, but. No, it's a more it's a more globally recognized figure, yeah. um, and sort of an icon of Christmas. Yes, um, and I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, who doesn't love a, a Krampus? I love Krampus. I know he's he's fun. Yeah, and uh, I, I like I said, if you really are interested in more information about this, pick up uh, the Krampus Old Dark Christmas by Al Rydenauer. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. Um, so I have another character named Per Fortard. Per Fortard, who uh, is mentioned in that book. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which name, I think the name translates to Whipping Father. So he is very similar uh, to, yeah. That's my kind of daddy. Spanking Papa. <sighs> the w- <laughs> Per Fortard, or Whipping Daddy. Whipping Daddy. Uh, okay, so he's kind of the anti-Santa Claus of France. So he's a character who usually accompanies St. Nick and he's usually co- covered in soot. And this is kind of I Well, here's the thing. There's another Dutch character named Black Pete or Zwart Piet, which is basically just fucking blackface and it's fucking terrible. But they won't get rid of it. They're like it's tradi- uh, what's a Dutch well, accent? Soot. It's tradition. I mean... uh, uh um but basically yeah, he's just supposed to be covered in soot and it's supposed to be like him going down the chimney with Santa, but he's kind of like, sometimes he's depicted as being chained to Santa because he's like his minion servant. Mm. So the story is, well, first of all, he has a sinister face. He's dressed in dark robes. He has scraggly unkempt hair and a long beard. He carries around sticks. He kind of looks like uh, uh, the woodsman from Twin Peaks this new season. It's just like, got a light. So just covered in soot and looking like a homeless person. I'll show so you. he's like Krampus, but he's a guy. He's a he's a he's a man Krampus. Uh, <laughs> a man puss. He's a man puss. Uh, don't say that. Um, <laughs> but he gives out lumps of coal to the naughty children, and he whips them with switches, much like you know Krampus. But the story goes in the year 1150 and the 12th century of our Lord in the 50th year AD, an innkeeper or in other versions, a butcher captures three wealthy little brat boys on their way to enroll in religious boarding school. Futad and his wife, uh, sometimes referred to as Mama Futad, uh, uh, they drug or the children. whipping mommy. Yeah, I like, <laughs> kind of like her more than... Papa. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, they drug the children with poison sweets. They slit their throats. They take their money, all their fucking pocket full of Trump money. Uh-huh. What? Uh, and they cover them in salt, and they put them in a barrel, and they stew them in a barrel. And their whole intention is to... So I first heard this story in Sunday school from like one of the kids just being like, yeah, well, St. Nicholas, there's something about cannibalism. And I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? And since then, like, 
you know, it's one of those things like I, I've always been like, what the hell was that story about? Right. So it's this. And they were trying to sell the uh, uh, the children, the children meat, because it was like apparently like a very, very poor time in France. And um, so they were eating kids. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, you know, when in France, Christmas time, um, but <laughs> holidays are tough. Okay, but their plan is foiled because Saint Nicholas shows up and he resurrects the children out of the salt, and he then, uh, as punishment, makes Pear his minion. So mm, he he mm, so mm, Pear mm. now accompanies Saint Nicholas around, and he still whips the children, but he doesn't carve them up and eat them and then in the 1930s back to kind of the uh you know america translation uh per Fattard appeared in the u.s under the translated name father flog or spanky <laughs> and, uh, wait father spanky or just spanky it, it says here just spanky but we'll go with father spanky. hello it's so, me father, father flog or you can also call me call me spanky. my friends call me spanky <laughs> uh so do although you know what i do <laughs> i think we I, I think we can guess I spank people. You didn't guess that, no, did you? No, I did not. No. Uh, although, although he's almost identical to the original French personification, he has nothing to do with Christmas. And then he also has a female accomplice named Motherflog. Oh. And they doled out specific punishments to specific children. I'm sorry. The two doled out specific punishments for specific childhood crimes, like cutting out your tongue for lying. Okay, yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, they're just like the weird French, more human counterpart that is crumb. What do you get for masturbating? Uh, what do they cut there? <laughs> they did like meat. Ooh. Why do we always go back? To uh, eating penis? I don't know. Every episode. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so that's it. That's cool. Pear Fatard. I like Pear Fatard. Pear Fatard. I like Spanky. He's kind of like just a weird guy. Like, it's weird to think that there's like some stinky, soot-covered homeless man. Like, just Going around being, spanking people. Yeah. Yeah. Tied to Santa Claus. Man. So he probably ditched that image when he got together with the Coca-Cola company. And they were like, let's redo. Let's cut out this let's guy. Let's get this guy out let's of here. Let's get this. And he's like, I've had him around. Wait, you don't for, want Spanky? I've had him around for almost like a couple centuries. Like, yeah. Um, okay. So should I talk about the Los Feliz murder house? Yeah, go for it. So this, I, I, I had heard of the Los Feliz murder house. And that's kind of close to where I live. I'm not going to tell you where I fucking live. Uh, but... Um, we had heard of the house because it's also close to the La Bianca house, which was involved in the Charles Manson mm. uh, murders. But in the Los Feliz murder house, I was looking up like, oh, kind of Christmas, uh, you know, since we're looking up all these like Christmas or we watched movies basically on like Christmas crimes and usually right. these psychos attacking around. Well, Christmas. a lot of stuff we talk, we talk a lot about true crime. Yeah, so it, like true really crime. ties in. So with the Los Feliz murder house, I found out I was like, wait, why is this on? like Christmas time in my research and right. they were like, Oh, it happens on December sixth. What is that date? December sixth. Oh, Saint Nicholas Day. Saint Nicholas Day. Oh. Isn't that weird? It's That's all connected. Tight. That's cool. It got in his head. The holidays. They stress you out. They bring you down. Yes they do. Um okay, so in the nineteen fifties, Dr. Harold Perelson and his wife Lillian and their children Judy with an E at the end Debbie and Joel moved into the three-story Spanish revival home in Los Feliz and that was at 
2475 Glendower Place. So write it down, go visit. Except there might be new people there, so don't terrorize them. Didn't they just renovate it recently? They did they? Yeah, no, they, it's, it was sold like last year. Okay, then it is. It's set empty for like fifty years yeah, that's until what I was recently. They renovated the whole thing and then yeah, and yeah. sold it. Um, and it, just just a couple years ago, it was just cleaned up for the first time since the murder. Yeah, which is creepy, especially because I'll tell you at the end. Okay, so Harold Perelson, doctor. He was a well-respected doctor in the community, and they had a well-kept, beautiful home, and they were very much the, like, 1950s perfect nuclear family. However, Dr. Perelson was suffering from deep, deep, deep depression, and he had made a number of suicide attempts in the months before the night of the murders. And they were all stopped by his wife, and she was trying to get him committed. Yeah, and she kept telling all her friends and neighbors, because it was the 1950s at the time, uh, she was trying to keep it quiet, and she told them that he had had, like, a bunch of unexpected heart attacks. Hmm. So, uh, they the suicide... I'm sorry. The suicide attempts were actually happening around the time the family had gone into financial hardship. So, he had tried to patent and sell a new type of syringe, but his business partner fucked him over and took the profits and he tried suing him for $100,000, hmm. but he only got 26,000. Huh. So, he's a man about to go under. He's like it's the 1950s, it's all this weird pressure and very much like let's be perfect. So, all that stuff and then it's the holidays holidays are stressful so he's probably like freaking out at the time right so on december 6th 1959 at around 4 30 a.m lillian perelson was asleep in her bed when dr perelson came up behind her with a ball peen hammer and dealt one fatal blow to the back of her head Whoa. um she died instantly and she suffocated in her own blood which seeped into her eyes and turned her pillow crimson and Doesn't she didn't sound like she, Did she die instantly or did she suffocate in her own blood? Which one? Uh. Uh. Well, I don't know. What well, one of the two? <laughs> I'm just curious. She died instantly suffocating. On, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Both. Can you be suffocated after death? Yes. Mm, 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 mm. Well, then there you go. Yes, especially with a ball-peen hammer. I love that word. You love ball-peens? Ball-peen hammers. <laughs> Do you know what kind of hammer that is? Yeah, I know what kind of oh, hammer okay. it is. Good, good. ball-peen hammer. Good. <laughs> it's a ball-peen hammer. All right, continue. Okay, so I'm next... Sorry, no, 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 it's fine. Oh, fuck you! You fucking ruin Christmas every year! Um, so next he went to his eldest daughter Judy's room, Judy with an E at the end, and he swung and he missed her head, only hitting the side of her head. Like, it grazed past... And this woke her up, and she started screaming and running around the house. She gets out, and this wakes up young little Debbie and Joel. That's weird. I said little Debbie. I just think of the cakes now. Uh, so they come out into the hallway, and they see their blood-soaked father who looks at them and tells them to go back to bed. And supposedly he said, this is just a nightmare. And then he went into the other room. And Judy is out running in the uh, to the neighbor's house, like pounding on their glass windows, and and uh, a small crowd begins to gather outside the house. And Harold, at this time, he goes into the bathroom. He mixes two capsules of uh, Nembutal with water to create a yellow poison. He drinks it. 
He then downs 31 white pills of tranquilizers, for good measure, and then he lays on his bed next to his wife's bloody and lifeless body, still clutching the hammer. And the kids are kind... Uh, supposedly the kids had walked into the room just watching him die. God. Terrifying. Boy. Uh, the police arrive on the scene 15 minutes later, and he died before the medics reached the house. Jesus. So... In his office, they found a copy of Dante's Divine Comedy open to the uh, the passage. Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a forest dark, for the straightforward pathway had been lost. Yes. So, the, Merry Christmas to all. Uh, the children... You know, after the event, they supposedly had moved away and changed their names. But the house stood there for 50 years, mm. still having all of their stuff in the house. They basically just left it. I don't think they took anything. They cleaned up the crime scene a little bit, of course. But uh, there was a Christmas tree decoration. And that's one of the pictures that I saw that was just, like, really eerie. So there was gifts underneath the tree. And the house has just sat there for 50 years until apparently, you know, now it's cleaned up. But it had the very 1950s uh, decor. It had like weird bright colored wallpaper. And they had like 50s dolls lying around. So people would supposedly like sneak in and see this terrifying thing. But supposedly the house is very, very haunted. And anyone who would visit the property, they would feel uh, like deep unease and dread. And they would usually feel the need to leave the property. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's cleaned up and it's back on the market, but, uh... Oh, I think it's sold. It's sold? Yeah, I think there's people there now. So if you do go visit the Los Feliz murder house, please be respectful of the people living inside of it. Yeah. Uh, weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? But, you know, holidays are stressful. I'm not, I'm not justifying that. No, no, no. I'm not justifying what happened, but... Oh, dude, I do. Uh... I'll justify it. You read some Dante, you're drinking some scotch, you're in debt. You've already tried to kill yourself four times. It's just holidays are tough. You know what? Just get a gun. What? I don't know. No. Poisoning yourself sounds like a bad way to go, I guess. More than a gun? Well, yeah, if you get yourself in the, if you shoot yourself in the right spot. You know what I mean? But wouldn't you rather Oh, I get I don't know. It depends on I don't know the effects of poisoning. Yeah. So isn't some of it you just fall asleep? No. Oh, sometimes it's like the choking poison. Yeah, like if you ever... But if, you also if, took if, the like tranquilizers. Killing, killing oneself by cyanide poisoning yeah. is one of the most painful, agonizing deaths you could actually have. I did not know this. Yeah, it's horrifying. Because of foam? No, just because it's it's <laughs> fucking... It, starts, it just starts to eat away at your body and it oh. just destroys... Poison is a horrible way to die. I didn't know. Yeah. Probably I thought it was just like the most comfortable way. I've 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 heard a lot of people say that like like theoretically speaking, the best way to actually kill yourself is to take two aspirin, draw a hot bath, lay down in it, and slit your wrists. Happy holidays! <laughs> Thank you, Jake. That's what it's. That's what. Fuck, a, man. That's what. That's what I've heard. This like supposed to be. That's supposed to be like the most you know like pleasant way to go because it's, it's like, like the Godfather Two method. Yeah, because it's like because you because the aspirin loses lo- uh, like um, um, <laughs> what are you talking? Thins the blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then the hot water helps to draw. Don't the blood do that. Out. 
No, 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 don't. Absolutely not. I would never. No, seriously, if if you are, if you in any which way are co- contemplating suicide, please, please reach someone. Um, reach out to somebody. Um, you know, you know, get some help. If you and if you know anybody out there who you know is exhibiting any of the signs that you can, that uh, I mean, Google it if you are worried about somebody. Yeah. Please just try to try to help. I'm not you know, saying that in any which way. Please, but you know, that's just what I've heard. Yes. Yes. Maybe yes. a good way to kill somebody. Is that way? Well, like you know, in a you perfect could, like, crime type of way, make it look like an accident. Yeah, you could like dommer them, so like you know, like put some tranquilizers in their in their beer, you know. Oh, there and you go. I'm sorry, I said dommer them. <laughs> you made it a verb. Anyway, <laughs> what is happening? All right, that was awesome. Thank you. You liked it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I knew a lot of that information, but it's fun. I didn't know specifics. Yeah. I I just knew it was called the the murder house, but then, you know, knowing. I bet you didn't know the Dante thing. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, that's creepy, that's right? That's so creepy. And then also the, this is just a nightmare. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, that's the last thing you hear your father. Who Covered just, in like, blood? Yeah, scary. Yeah, it's terrifying. Scary, scary, scary. Supposedly that, that inspired American Horror Story, too. Go yeah, Murder House. I don't know. Murder House. Yeah. Which you can go see that house, too. Yeah. That's not haunted. It's in Koreatown. No, it's not. No. No. But it's this just one a set piece. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, so let's get into these movies, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Which one first? You Silent first? Night, Deadly Night, Silent Night, Pine Deadly Night, night. Fedly Night, Silent That's Night. That's right. Oh, Jake. Who's this kid? It's me. This is you. It's a recording of me as a boy. Uh huh. The door turned out the light. <laughs> Oh, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night. You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. Cramp. That's the tagline. Oh, nice. So, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Came out in 1984. It's directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr. Nailed it. And it's rated R. Is that how how do you say it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, cool. <laughs> I couldn't uh, do it any better. It stars Robert Brian Wilson and Lillian Chauvin. Uh, it has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is bullshit. <laughs> no, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we we enjoy it because it is a shithouse cinema film. It's so good, though. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I loved it. Um, so in 1971, five-year-old Billy and his family go to visit Billy's catatonic grandfather on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yeah, while there, Grandpa decides to come out of it and warn Billy that Santa always punishes the naughty on Christmas and that if he'd been naughty, Santa would indeed have his ass, so to speak. I wrote that in there. Oh, he doesn't actually say, he'll have your ass. No, but I thought it was funny to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? I've got... He brings presents to all good boys and girls. (laughs) <laughs> Your daddy told you that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Got a light? Santa Claus only brings presents to them that's been good all year. Why does he have an accent and the kids don't? His to son. the ones that ain't done nothing naughty. 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 Only other ones. <gasps> all the naughty ones. He punishes. Yeah. 
care about you, boy. <laughs> You've been good all year? No. You... She's Santa Claus tonight. You better run, boy. You better run for your life. Did you never have interactions like that with your grandparents? Uh, no. No. Did you? Do you have scary interactions with your grandparents? No. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Never. So anyway, with that warning, um, Billy's parents come back in and Grandpa's right back to his normal catatonic state, but Billy is petrified. And on the ride home, Billy says how afraid of Santa he now is and that he never wants to see him uh, just in time because the family drives past a Santa Claus with a broken down car on the side of the road, waving them down. Uh, Billy warns his parents not to stop, that Santa is going to punish them. But who listens to a five-year-old, right? Not me, you know? Fuck five-year-olds. No, I mean... What? <laughs> Excuse me? God damn it. Jake, anyway. you are running this podcast into the ground. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, like, it's a Christmas time. It is Christmas time. And it is time to drink eggnog and tell stories. God damn it. No, no. Anyway. Oh, my God. No, I love kids. What? I love I Kids are great. Ugh. Anyway, so anyway, too bad for them. They don't listen to Billy. They stop, and Santa pulls out a gun and shoots Billy's dad, pulls his mom out of the car, tears her shirt open, and then slices her throat. It's pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. And then we skip ahead three years where eight-year-old Billy now resides in a Catholic orphanage run by a brutal mother superior. And the gun. another nun reveals that Billy is starting to act strange, which he does every Christmas. And Mother Superior swears that Billy doesn't remember a thing about his parents' murder and that he just needed to be punished to be set right. Where the fuck is her psychology degree that makes her justify these things? I don't know. It's a different time, man. You know, it's 1974. Oh, good point. Yeah. So then we skip ahead to 1984, 10 years later, in which a young, strapping 18-year-old Billy gets a job at a local toy store. Cut to cute montage, where Billy's got his life together. And I think we have that clip. Oh, we have that song. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) Warm on the other side of the door. Wait, can I see? an amazing montage it's so good it's like him setting up toys and like and the the boss comes out of nowhere and he's just like nodding his head like yeah you're doing it kid and first of all he only got hired at this place there you go you want to be on the warm side of the door not the cold side of the door and then this and then his boss is just pouring jameson oh no jmb yeah. Into a plastic cup, and he's like, "Billy, you want some of this?" And he's like, "It's like, no, no I, I, I got a jug of milk. I got milk. I'm, I'm a growing boy. It's, it's like Kieran. It's like the Kieran of serial killers. Oh, dude, killer. he looks so much like Kieran. He really does. <laughs> he's like a blonde. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that's that's. We'll we'll get into that in a second. It's amazing. Like, I hate him." That he's the killer. Yeah. We'll it, talk about it in a it's second. It's pretty... Well, because you think maybe, you know, he's going to be okay. Uh, but... 
When Christmas rolls around, Billy's trauma comes to the surface, and it gets even worse when the owner of the store, Ira, because it's Ira's toys, asks Billy to don the Santa costume last minute. And after Billy's done doing his Santa thing, staff at the toy store proceeds to have a holiday party and get trashed. Which I got a really great. Here we go. How do they get trashed? Seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit-faced. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do that at the toy store. Time to get shit-faced. You're selling toys all year, and then you want to get shit-faced. It's awesome. So So they all get drunk and... Uh, anyway, and Billy still has his Santa Claus costume on, and so Billy's got a crush on Pamela, mm-hmm. his his coworker. The 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 checkout girl. Uh huh. And then he sees uh he sees her kind of making out with his stupid manager Andy, and what? no, but he attempts to rape her. Who Billy does? No. The, oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, right. That that scene. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Well, in a that's second. what I'm getting yeah, to. Yeah. So they so he sees them making out, and then they go back into the storeroom, and then Billy follows them in there. And what Billy ends up saying is, yeah, Andy's trying to rape Pamela, and he snaps. He just loses it right then and there, yeah. and he just starts saying naughty. Yeah. Naughty. Yeah. Need to be punished, and then he murders everybody in the store. Yeah, it's crazy. Cool. Um, And then (laughs) but the way he kills them, like, why is there a bow and arrow in there? Like a fully functional bow and arrow in a toy store, In a toy store. That's the 80s. No, they they had the little they had the little suction cup on the end. They weren't selling like fucking like get your own 12 gauge and like bow and fishing gear. Like maybe Ira kept it around. Ira probably kept it around. Yeah, it was just like Ira's personal uh, bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah. but anyway, and then the the nice nun come uh, the, the happens to find out what happens to Billy. And she notifies the police. Everybody begins looking for a raving mad Santa Claus that's terrorizing the town on Christmas Eve. And then after Billy's gotten some seriously good kills, the whole showdown happens at the orphanage as Billy comes back home to punish Mother Superior and get three bullets in his back. I skipped like all the kills, but that's because they're awesome and we gotta uh, talk oh, about. Oh, the it. kills are amazing. Yeah. Uh, nice nun is a fucking idiot. Why would you make him go work at a toy store yeah. when you know Christmas time's coming around and that is a psychological Vietnam flashback trigger for him? Yeah. Like, why would it? Why? Out of all the places to go, nice I mean, nun's Obviously, not he's not well. He's got, he's, no, well, and she's not even good when he's a kid. No. Because he's like being like she's she's like mother superior is obviously wrong it's like the kids need to be punished yeah my ways work and then she like punishes him and she's like see it works and it's like no it's it doesn't didn't work yeah but nice nun doesn't speak up ever no because she's a fucking coward but also it is it is like you said it is the 70s so yeah well abuse yeah it's different time period yeah Um, um what's your favorite kill in this movie oh the sled the sled so yeah. there's these two kind of like idiots just sledding in the woods in the middle of the night are they fucked up i can't remember i don't know they're probably a little drunk yeah so they're just like i'm gonna go to the top of the hill and i'm gonna come down and they're like cheering each other on yeah it's a little weird it's a little strange it's christmas like what nobody gets that excited about sledding as an adult know. um but uh <laughs> fucking what's his name billy also the name of uh my killer in uh my film that i'm reviewing uh, mm-hmm. Black Christmas, but um, uh, 
Billy pops out of the side of a tree and uh, beheads the kid going down in the sled. And then uh, his uh, corpse just slides into his friend, uh, headless. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh! Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. My favorite is uh, where he takes the girl and he and he picks her up and then he puts her onto the deer antlers. Oh, and yeah. And he slowly shoves her onto the, onto the deer and it what? just like pokes through her stomach. And that's her like daughter or she's the babysitter. She's the babysitter. She's the babysitter. Yeah. She's Bad the babysitter, babysitter. And she invited, invited her boyfriend over. Yeah. And um, they're like, they're like doing it. This movie's gratuitous. Yeah. Uh, There's anytime, a lot of blood. There's a lot of nipples. A lot of nipples. Lot of nipples, nipples are a big trigger for him. Anytime he sees a nipple, he goes off. Yes, he does. It's really, that's yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it has to do with his mom. Yeah. And then the... Which two... that fucking murder scene was not... I mean, it's it's supposed to be graphic, um, but... Ugh. It's a pretty crazy way to start off the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it starts off like with uh, the mom being like, well... Grandpa told you that? Like, he's a crazy old fool. And then the kid goes like, oh, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a naughty thing to say things like that around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But also, I wonder, and I just thought about this listening to the grandpa clip. Was that all in his head? And he's really catatonic? Or do you really think that grandpa just like is a sick old fuck who's just like, <laughs> what do you think about? I don't know. S- the s- Santa Claus he comes for naughty you know, kids. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say I don't know, and I really don't think the makers of this movie know what. Oh, <laughs> either. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I love the ending because they kill him, and then there's this pan up to his younger brother. That, wait, that's his younger brother? Yeah, it's his brother. What? Who ends up being in the second one. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's the younger brother who's in the who's in the second one. Oh, I just thought that was a random kid because I was I was wondering while watching. I was no, like, it's supposed to be his younger brother. What the fuck happened to the other brother? So because yeah. he's like he's like thirteen years old because he's because he was a baby. You. It's got supposed you. to be his younger brother. He pans up to him and he just goes. Naughty, naughty. Because <laughs> he Roll killed credits. his brother. Yeah. And then later and on, reprises the role gets reprised in this amazing clip. That's right. What day is it? Garbage day. Oh. No. <laughs> oh man. And then he he gunslings yeah. the, the fucking gun. What <laughs> is this even around Christmas time when this happens? Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, my gosh. Just another, there were five. Oh, my gosh. Movies. The fourth and the fifth one aren't connected, but... The, there's five of these fucking five movies? five of them, dude. Hell, yeah. They don't have... The, the other ones don't have Christmas involved? They're, they're all Christmas. Mm, they're that makes all sense. Christmas movies. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Makes sense. Yeah. Garbage day! Garbage day! But he's, like, in a sunny environment. He's not, like, in the... Snow. Yeah, well, have you ever been to Los Angeles during Christmas time? No, I'm, I'm usually in Chicago at the time. <sighs> you fucking idiot. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, anyway, <laughs> um, I loved this movie. I thought it was so much fun. It's super grimy. It's like classic 80s horror camp. Yeah, super uh, campy. It's awesome. Um, um, that I don't like the Mother Superior don't like her one bit no she reminds me a lot of uh teachers that i had really i never had any that were that brutal but you know just 
kind of mean. She's like forcing him to like relive it. Every she gives him post traumatic stress disorder. Well, she exacerbates his condition. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. But um, she's just a sadist. Man. I don't like that the the guy who's a killer looks like a handsome, like well fit, like boy that's just like Kieran. Uh, well, just watch like, the remake, and maybe you'll feel better. What's the remake? The remake. The, there's one called Silent Night. Came out in 2012. No. And I think it's Donald Logue who plays Billy. No. What? Or the Santa Claus Killer. It's an older guy. It's like a little bit more. It's kind of a little more akin to like that uh, Tales from the Crypt episode. See. Wait. You mean fucking what's his name for Grounded for Life is playing fucking Santa? Is that Donald Logue? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I. What? What's it called? Silent Night? Silent Night. This I gotta see. Hold on. Oh, man. Okay, well, he's bearded and has long hair. See, I would trust more of that, because he's kind of friendly looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this kid's so handsome. Like, I want him to look like the deranged guys. The, I want him to look like the deranged guy from Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Like, missing a tooth drooling a bit yeah, look just like, like a monster yeah look like a monster but then he could also look friendly and then that's a lot more terrifying rather than like this like but i'm really handsome and i'm you kind of you kind of rooting for me and and <laughs> um christmas time's hard because you kind of yeah. feel bad for him but then again he just snaps and then he's just ridiculous. Well, i definitely feel bad for him this yeah. is all just like related to trauma yeah. nobody helped him his entire life nope nope that's a comment on he's like richard chase Except for eating not, babies. No, not quite, but uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about this, though? Punishment is necessary, Pamela. Yeah. It is good. Punish. 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 Punish! Punish! When you keep it starts to sound like a fucking Alright, so a little bit about this movie. Um it was very controversial. It was uh picketed, it was protested. Yeah. Um it only didn't last very long in theaters because it got pulled out, despite the fact that it did quite well. Oh really? It outgrossed um it outgrossed Nightmare on Elm Street. They opened the same weekend, and it actually was more successful. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie was already shrouded in controversy on the way out. They, Got you. TriStar Pictures ended up removing all of their TV spots because they didn't... Because, like, all these people were like, Santa shouldn't be, you know, this fucking raving lunatic with an axe. He's a holly jolly... Yeah, not, exactly. He's not supposed to be a young, well-chiseled boy. Yeah. Even Gene Siskel... Called called out the fucking names of uh, the names of the companies that owned uh, TriStar, and he called them out He's on the television kind of... show, and he said, "Shame on you! You oh, people okay. have nothing to be proud of." I know, but he is kind of a, a Puritan. He Gene Siskel's all... such a fuddy duddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's dead, but it was such a fuddy duddy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was Gene Siskel dead? Siskel died before Ebert. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. He was a fuddy-duddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Sam Raimi was also considered to direct this movie. Oh, shit. That would have been awesome. Which would have been sick and probably better. Yeah. Uh, not going to lie. Um, but uh, producer Ira Barmack, who Ira's Toys is named after, had to actually buy back the distribution rights to the film after TriStar pulled the film from theaters. Whoa. Yeah. 
Um, TriStar also rescinded deals with RCA Columbia for home video and HBO for cable distribution. Yeah. Yeah. And then at a, um, uh, uh, mind. Sorry. Um, oh, that's right. At a 2014 screening with Beyond Fest and Death Waltz Records, executive producer Dennis Whitehead stated the main reason for pulling the film may have actually been because Columbia TriStar was owned by Coca-Cola. Yeah. And they wanted to avoid offending anybody. That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other little fact that I have is that uh, it uh, has no connection to Black Christmas, but uh, Black Christmas's original title was Silent Night, Evil Night. Oh. Yeah. But there's so many connections in my mind. It came, like, uh, 1974 is the year he's at the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, 1984 is, yeah. It, yeah. That, but, like, he's also named Billy. No coincidence. Well, that's just like the most average American name you could pick for a character. Is it? Yeah. Or is it John or Fred? John. Yeah, I like John. how they. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Michael or Michael or Michael. 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 Um. Did you? All right. Let's go on to the next. You, well, what do you what do you rate it? Um, I give it a. This is hard because. On as far as like a being a good movie, uh, <laughs> you can't probably like a five, yeah, maybe like a two. As far as how much I liked it, I'm gonna give it a nine, yeah. I oh, dude, I bam, have to bam, say, bam, bam. this movie was like a four for me, and I liked some of the kills, yeah, it was entertaining, but mm-hmm. also I was just like, what is happening, I mean, Alex? Who's the fuddy duddy now? I think this movie should be banned. I think uh, it upsets and uh, ruins the image of Santa Claus. Santa Claus. And it should be pulled from shelves. Yeah. And it should not disrupt the sales of this year's uh, Coca-Cola special limited edition cans. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Santa, I got some Christmas jokes Uh, for you. Throat clearings? Why was Santa upset when he got a sweater for Christmas? Why, Jacob? Because he was hoping for a screamer or a moaner. Why does Santa Pause go for to... laughs. Here, pause for laughs. Why does Santa go through this chimney? Because that's exactly what Santa Claus does, and he because, goes, because how, no, else would no, the kids no, because, get the, how else would the kids get the toys? Because Mrs. Claus told him he'd never get in the back door. Oh, God. Why does Santa land on the roof? Because he likes it on top. No. God damn it. He does that so he can land on the house. What is Santa's motto? Wrap your package before you shove it down the chimney. That's a good one. Good God. Why doesn't Santa have any kids of his own? You're ruining Christmas. Because he only comes once a year and it's down a chimney. Why is Santa always so jolly? No, no, because he loves because he knows where all the naughty girls live. Ew, gross. Why did you say that one? We are getting on government lists because of you. I do not like this. What's the difference between Tiger Woods and Santa? Santa stopped at three hoes. Fuck. <laughs> what are the females? Stop it! <laughs> You're ruining Christmas! <laughs> this is literally... What? This is a BuzzFeed list. Oh, come on. <laughs> 15 dirty Christmas jokes guaranteed to put you on the naughty list. Guaranteed to make people think you're a fucking weirdo if you bring these up at a party. I'm going to go to a bar by uh, myself. (laughs) Just be like, hey, 
Hey, you there. Hey, why does Santa land on the chimney? Because he likes it on top. He likes it on top. Buy me another drink? (laughs) No. All right. Black Christmas. Okay. Black Christmas. Okay. Black Christmas. I have to say, preface, this is one of the best horror films I have seen this year and maybe of all time. Yeah. Uh, Came over to Jacob's house. Uh, watched it, and Jacob has ho- uh, not Halloween uh, Christmas decorations up. It was it was creepy and perfect, and and yes, okay. So it was released in 1974. It has an R rating. It was directed by Bob Clark. It's a hard R rating. Oh yeah, definitely. It's scary. Yeah. It's creepy. Um, screenplay by Roy Moore. The Roy Moore. I'll let the that pedophile ro- Roy Moore. He wrote it. Yeah. Democ- Let's take a second to applaud Doug Jones. Democracy wins. I don't like to get political on this podcast. Yes, we but- do. Yes, we do. We're a democratic horror podcast. And for Ajit Pai, I've got a just... Man, I got a lot of stuff I want to shove up your ass. For who? Ajit Pai. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that how yeah. you say it? I thought it was Ajit. Ajit Pai. I hate it. I just don't like it. I don't him. give a fuck. Yeah. Preventing people from making uh, money and the the little guy and then mm-hmm. fucking over everyone and then taking away fucking the internet. Insert. I hope you get strangled with Santa's cock, you fucking piece <laughs> of shit human being. Happy days. Uh, okay, uh, Rotten Tomato score of 67. Uh, Jacob, can you play that sweet little jingle? Which one? The one from the Nutcracker. Oh, yeah. What's that? Do you hear that? Could it be a Krampus? No. It's Billy. It's Christmas break in the town of Bedford, and a college sorority is throwing a party before they all head home to their families. What they don't know is up on the housetop, a Looney Tune psychopath has climbed into their attic. When the girls start receiving lascivious and menacing phone calls, the intoxicated Barb, played by Lois Lane, uh, mocks the moaner, who then uh, says he's going to kill them and hangs up. After another sorority sister named Claire objects to Barb without about provoking the crank caller, she goes upstairs and is attacked and strangled with plastic wrap from dry cleaning. The next day, Claire's father comes to town. He's looking for his daughter, and he meets the house mother, who is... a bit of a lush herself and the remaining ladies of the sorority uh, whom he disapproves of their sinful and secular lifestyle style our final girl jess played by juliet from romeo and juliet uh meanwhile she's arguing with her turtleneck wearing boyfriend peter about whether or not she should go through with an abortion to which uh he tries maybe a little too hard to get her to keep the baby he's a weird piano playing musician psychopath uh Slowly, as more and more of the characters are picked off by Billy the babbling psycho killer who keeps talking about a baby on the phone calls, we suddenly see the incompetent cops of the town put together that the killer makes a phone calls, makes a phone call every time he commits a murder. And when they trace the calls, they deco- they discover they're coming from inside the house. That's the trope thing. So they warn Jess to leave, but of course it's a horror film, so she has to go investigate. She finds all of her dead sisters and uh, finds a shadowed 
yet also turtleneck-wearing Billy, the killer, who chases her into the basement. When suddenly, Patriarchy Peter shows up and he breaks into the house. He attempts to comfort and save Jess, but she kills Peter, believing him to be Billy, just as the cops show up, and they sedate her. Then, for some reason, they all leave, because all is well, and she's fine, and then something is stirring in the attic. We then hear a whisper say, Agnes, it's me, Billy. The film ends as we zoom out of the house, and then the phone rings with no one to answer it. Ooh. So you decide whether she's dead. She, In my mind, she's dead. Yeah, she died. She's so dead. Yeah. There is no way she survived that. No, she did. Where did the cops go? Why did they just leave her alone? Well, there's one on the porch. There's one on the porch. But what the fuck were they thinking? Why did they just... And no one looked in the attic, which all the bodies are in the attic. Yeah, There's the know. house mother has been hooked in the... Okay, the deaths in this movie are creepy mm-hmm. and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely some of the best I've ever seen from a 70s film. Mm-hmm. Some of the best from a slasher film I've ever seen. It's pretty um, great. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, it's an awesome fucking movie. Dude, okay, so originally the murder scenes were going to be a lot more graphic, but Clark felt it would be more effective if the murders were torn, toned down and subtle on screen, and the writer eventually agreed with it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, the first death That's interesting, because that was one part about Silent Night, Deadly Night that I forgot, is that the director himself didn't direct any of the gory scenes because they made him uncomfortable. What so he had somebody fu- else do it. What kind of genre-making film are you... Like, I don't what fucking, is that bullshit? I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so the first death... It's a plastic bag death, and uh, Claire goes up to her room, and Billy the Killer is hiding in the closet, and he pops out. Killy the Biller? Killy the Biller. Bill, 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 uh, he pops out, and then he kills her with the plastic from dry cleaning, yeah. and then wraps it around her head, mm-hmm. and then puts her in the attic and has her in a rocking chair, and puts like a baby doll in her hand. Mm-hmm. There's something with this baby thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the next is the alcoholic house mother who hides all of her sherry bottles around the house. And what, what's her deal? She's not allowed to drink in front of the kids or she would lose her job? Is that probably... I guess. But... She's an alcoholic. Yeah, she definitely is an alcoholic. She's like yeah. hiding bottles in the toilet, back of the toilet. But she goes up into the attic, sees the body, and then she gets like a swinging hook in mm-hmm. her head. Like a old um, longshoreman hook hanging from the ceiling. And then uh, the insanely gorgeous and and uh so good she's so good in this movie margot kidder yeah she's amazing notice i said insanely because she was later found what your dad told me uh she was found like in bushes like in 2004 just like running around naked or yeah she's diagnosed bipolar disorder that's fucked up yeah i, I should have insane. manic episodes yeah yeah but she's so good in this film but uh she's asleep in her bed she wakes up she's having an asthma attack and then uh jess who uh, is played by... Why am I forgetting her name? Um, oh, I... Oh, yeah. Oh, no! Hussey. What's... Uh, Olivia okay, Hussey. Okay, so Jess, played by Olivia Hussey, mm-hmm. uh, comes into the room, and she helps her with her asthma, and she's like, oh, I dreamed that there was some guy coming in. And then Jess goes downstairs, and all these kids show up on the front door, and mm-hmm. they're singing uh, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, and it's like creepy, angelic singing and then uh billy the killer comes in says like agnes it's me and then he stabs her oh you have the clip it's really eerie Mm -hmm. but i love the cinematography of the light glistening off that uh the crystal animals that she has and she gets Mm -hmm. stabbed 
this movie, like... I love how claustrophobic the whole film is. It does. You feel like... You're trapped. Yeah. I mean, you're trapped in this house with her. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Where's but, the Agnes? It's me, Billy. <laughs> it's so creepy. Um, but, I mean, just... Ugh. Okay, I don't know. Um, it's a very uncomfortable movie. It's very uncomfortable. And especially with the dad kind of coming in. The yeah. guy who looks like Mr. Kessler from... What's it called? You uh, mean like Frank Oz? Yeah, like Frank Oz. <laughs> uh, voice of Miss Piggy. Um, but, and Yoda. And Yoda. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, and Kermit the Frog. It's so cool that like the killer's point of view is kind of first used in this movie, but it was actually first used in Peeping Tom, which came out in 1960. But it's just mm-hmm. like cool. And it also inspired the movie Halloween, which Halloween was supposed to be kind of a, at first, was going to be a sequel to this movie. Was it, it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That was like the original Black idea. Black Christmas and then Halloween. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. he's coming on all the different holidays. But yeah. I love that he's making these these calls to the house. Uh, do you want to play one of them? Yeah. Yeah. These are really disturbing. It's it it just shows like even listening to that. I mean, you've got this really complex character. Yeah, uh, that's more than just like a scary killer. Yeah, like, there's really something um, about Disturbing. this. Well, and it's like so mysterious. It's like you. It's obviously like this person's been like seriously abused. Yeah, right. He's telling like, like a narrative. It reminds me so much of um, Maniac. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Got, it's got that kind of vibe of like. You know this sort of uh, this killer that also is like, I don't know, just so so torn. It's like it's, there's there's like some kind of moral recognition of what I've done. Like please stop me, and then like like the mother characters behind yelling at him. Like I know what you've done, Billy, and like yeah. So they they did that by having uh, they had three different people recording that at the same time, uh, right. and they would do different kind of voices. One was an actual female, uh, and then the other one was. Uh, an actual female, a real life woman. Uh, and then the other was Nick Mancuso uh, and then the director, Bob Clark. So they were doing like all these different things. But what do you think the narrative is? Like, what do you think is the is the voice? Oh, also, Nick Mancuso had to stand on his head to compress his thorax to give that voice. Oh, weird. Which is like creepy. Yeah. But there's some type of narrative which makes you think, you make it leads you to believe that it is... Uh, Peter, right? Who's the killer? Yeah, her weird boyfriend who smashes his piano because he had a bad recital. Well, yeah, there's like the yeah. I mean, they try to they try to it's 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 basically just a it's a foil. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's it's... very high strung. Yeah. It's, it's... He's an artist. And then when he gets killed, because she kills him yeah. in the end, you're like, oh, yeah, she finally got the killer because it's him. But yeah. it's not. It's not. Yeah. But it's you know what? Trick you. I kind of have a theory that it could be two killers. Really? That he's, so? he's involved. Hmm. But maybe not. Sort of like Scream. Yeah. It yeah. could be two different people. Because there's one shot where he picks up the phone call and it's like there's a brother-sister thing. Yeah. In Well, he's got this. He's there's got this, like a picture that says something sisters. And I'm right. like, why would they include that in the frame? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like different than like what an actual serial killer would do. It's like he's just, you know, it's a spree killer. Mm-hmm. It's like one night of, you know, these dirty deeds. Um, no, but it's not. It's multiple nights because he killed someone in the park. Oh, too. you're right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's well, yeah. And then, so yeah, it's like over three, technically a spree lasting three days. Yeah. Um, do you know, does Peter look familiar to you? Uh uh-uh. uh. Wait, yeah, a little bit. Who is it? He did a little movie called Two Thousand One. He's oh. fucking Dave in Two Thousand One, but he wow. was thirty eight at the time they did this movie, which Playing makes no sense. Kid. Yeah, quite the college huh. kid. But he says something like, "Oh, it's been eight years since I've been here. I want to get out of here." Like after he smashed the piano, and yeah. then he's kind of like, "I want to have this baby," and she, she's like. No, fuck your bullshit. Yeah. He's like 30 years old and is like ready to settle down. Yeah. And he's finally and being like, able to use the baby as an excuse to get out. With her mid-Atlantic accent, yeah. Olivia Hussey's just like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm ready. And this movie came out in 74, right? Yes. This is the same year as The Exorcist. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. Which is interesting because it's a, it's a weird time period where there were horror movies that used a lot of really vulgar language. <laughs> yes. Gene Siskel. I mean, the yes. use... They, they say the C word. I don't want to say it. Cunt? Yeah, why yeah, They say cunt a lot, and they say it, they do it a lot in uh, The Exorcist, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's interesting, because you barely even hear anybody use the word cunt in movies now. Yes. Like, that is... That's a that's a fucking harsh word right there. Yeah, it is. And when you see it in a nineteen in a movie from nineteen seventy four, it's fucking jarring. Mm-hmm. Like it's got that like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's creepy. The original yeah, phone call that, that Margot Kidder, who plays the like lush uh, Barb, who Margot Kidder is so good in this movie. She's so like funny, and she brings a lot of the humor to the the story mm-hmm. um and she has like this one interaction where she's talking with the dad of claire and she's like oh yeah turtles that fuck for like three years and it's just like really mm-hmm. ridiculous but uh the killer makes a call to her and yeah starts saying all these crazy things mm-hmm. in different voices and uh it's just so interesting but i wonder what the narrative is of what is going on in billy's head did he kill his kid sister baby is that it? And then he's doing all the... I don't know. Or But then he says to Agnes, like, whoever, all of his victims are Agnes. He says, I think it's probably one of those it. situations where he, like, maybe his parents had a baby, and he was, like, a sociopath already as a child, and yeah. probably maybe killed the baby, baby and was punished for it. Yeah. Reminds me of the character in It, Patrick Hoxetter. Yes. Uh, who kills his, uh, which he's not nearly as creepy in the movie in the, as yeah. he's supposed to be in the book, but... Um, reminds me a lot of that character. Yeah, but was there was did Richard Speck provide any inspiration for this film? That's uh, I, I don't that know. That happened in the late '60s. No, this was supposedly uh, inspired by some type of murders that were going on in Quebec at the mm. time. Huh. Um, they were happening around Christmas time, but also, so you know when he's at the basement. Remember, I said, I don't know. 
there, he, his voice seems to be different when he's knocking on the window in the basement. Mm-hmm. They actually overdubbed the guy's voice, the guy, the voice of the killer, the actual voice of the killer, over, over Peter's. Over yeah, Peter's. To make it sound a little weird. Yeah, That's which is cool. like, what is the director trying to do there? Yeah, it, I, I know it's supposed to throw well, us off, but yeah. but yeah, but it's also supposed to be an ambiguous ending of oh, we don't know. Well, it's definitely not Peter, but like, right? What's going on there? But um. There is something in the remake that I want to bring up. So in the remake, uh, uh, Billy's mother and her boyfriend, they reveal what kind of the psychological damage about uh, that happened to Billy. Mm-hmm. And he also has jaundice from like liver disease. It's really bizarre. But uh, Billy's mother and her boyfriend murder Billy's father. Then they bury the body under the house and they lock Billy in the attic. And then Billy never leaves the attic, and he makes it his home. But when Billy is 12, his mother rapes him because her new boyfriend can't get the job done. And they're his words. Uh, But um, she becomes pregnant with his sister daughter, and then her name is Agnes. And then she's treated really, really well, and Billy is abused, and then he uh, apparently Agnes grows up, and he rips out her eyeball at the end of it. But like that's like a weird part to add to it yeah but i don't know what the i want to know but that's part of the fun of this film is you don't know what is happening really and you think it is peter because of like oh he's so adamant about like i want to have this kid i want to make my life like outside of this music bullshit um but yeah and also the 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 trope of like the calls coming from inside the house you know how the guy is like running through those like switchboards of all the things. That's really what like how they had to do it. Like now you can't use that trope because they can trace calls within right. seconds. But yeah. they really had to have somebody running through. Yeah. And being like, because when you call on a rotary dial phone, those clicks are what connect to different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like if you go three, it'll go like. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, it's a giant phone server. Yes. Yeah. But John Saxon is a shady cop and i like to think this is a prequel to friday the 13th hello yeah got that, <laughs> he's got like that vibe. i fucked up here i'm gonna start in a new town yeah i'm gonna you mean nightmare on elm street right yeah, no, no. yeah. what did i say you said friday the 13th that's what i mean yeah yeah uh, nightmare on elm street <laughs> and he kills freddy krueger and then it all starts again um but the cops are incompetent at this thing i don't know why they leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Well, they leave a cop outside, but he gets his throat slit. I don't know, man. It's very accurate. I mean, when you really look at like the stories of a lot of serial killers, what you find is like incompetence and pure laziness from police forces. Yes. It's just like it's work that's like, oh god, this is, I don't want to do. Yeah, they overlook the thing, and I and like was... it's a sorority. Like you know how many pranks are being played. I mean, even True. even Barb goes in and like tells him he she's like he's like fellatio. what's the address and he she says it's fellatio one eight four seven and like could like in that sense could have just totally fucked everybody over. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think. I think in the end they end up doing their best, but at first it's like they just don't they don't believe that it's actually true. They don't yeah. believe that it's really happening. But when they do figure it out, they go he's like, Oh, warn her and make her get out of the house. Right. And she doesn't leave the house and all of her friends well, are. Well and he upstairs. does it and she he's like he's like, Stay calm, like stay as calm as possible, but then fuck face over there yeah. just starts freaking out. And he fucks it up. Yeah. yeah. But um you asked me earlier, you were like Oh, was this around the time that Ted Bundy was killing? And it was not when it came out in 1974, but 
Two weeks prior to the network TV premiere, the Chi Omega sorority house on the campus at Florida State University in Tallahassee uh, was the scene of a double murder in which two Chi Omega sisters sleep in their beds were bludgeoned to death. And mm. the killer went to a nearby room in the sorority house and violently attacked two more sleeping co-eds. And that was Ted Bundy. Yeah. So they did not show this movie and they showed Doc Savage, the man of bronze instead. Huh. So it stopped them from showing it on television. Yeah, but, that's probably good. Yeah, it's probably a good call. Yeah. But um, I think the killer's amazing. I think it's like a cool story. It's very, very creepy. All the deaths are very... Mm-hmm. The house is creaky and like it makes you feel isolated and mm-hmm. creeped out. Like I felt creeped out at your house like while watching. I was just like, what is happening? Yeah, for like the 20 minutes that you were awake during it. I, yes. No, I was awake for half of it. No, I bullshit. was awake for half of it. You fell asleep hard. I was awake. That's so funny. I remember up until, I remember him smashing the piano. Uh-huh. Uh, that's pretty far. Uh, oh, the director also directed another movie a christmas story a christmas horror story or? no no a christmas story you'll shoot oh, your eye that's out that's so funny isn't that weird and that's then also awesome. porkies kind of gross uh um but the ending originally the studio they saw the film and they were like let's have uh you know the guy wearing the fur coat chris uh-huh. they were like let's have chris stick around and then she wakes up and he's he was supposed to say agnes don't tell him what i did and then he kills her but uh, Bob Clark was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. Like, huh. Also, why don't they take her to the fucking hospital? Why is she like left alone in the house? It's a crime scene. Yeah, I don't know. This is shoddy police work yeah. at its worst. No one checks the fucking attic. They, attic. they, they literally, like, where <laughs> a bunch of women, a bunch, bunch of girls were murdered. The last Let's girl standing, they leave her at home <laughs> in her bed, have a doctor look at her, and then everyone leaves. Yeah. Yeah, really. Without good. even solidly knowing if like, it's bare. It's bad police work. Really, just shitty police work. Yeah. Um, but uh, when Olivia Hussey, this is just kind of some fun trivia. Um, it was okay. So in 1986, Olivia Hussey was meeting up with Steve Martin. He was like, "Oh my God, you were in my all-time favorite movies," and she was like, "Oh, Romeo and Juliet." Uh, uh, and he was like, "No." Black Christmas. I've seen it like 27 times. I love it. Mm. It's so like random. But, that's, that's funny. Um, oh, uh, this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror horror movie. Yeah. And he, he had a tradition every single Christmas to watch it with his family. And still to this day, his family keeps the tradition alive and they watch it in his memory, which is a bit odd for the, 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 the king. Oh, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's it's very weird. It's yeah. not a Christmas film. No. He's not. <laughs> no. What Let's go to the room. We're going to watch it. Yeah. Everybody gather around. Uh, we'll watch it. Uh, my favorite Christmas yeah. movie, Black Christmas. Um, So Margot Kidder and Andrea Martin, they used to kind of make fun of Olivia Hussey. Because Olivia Hussey only took the film because her psychic told her to as a career choice. And she like also would talk about how she wanted to be with Paul McCartney. Mm-hmm. And they would make fun of that all the time, and they were pretty Rightly harsh on so. her. Yeah, it's weird. But um, Margot Kidder never thought the movie was going to be a success, and then didn't know they had a large cult following uh-huh. until after. And you know, this was shot four years before she was made uh, into Lois Lane in the mm. Superman film. Mm. But uh, uh, 
Gilda Radner was almost in this movie. That would have been. Oh, is the mother? As a no, it's the house mother. Oh, no, never mind. I'm no, no. Oh. somebody else. Uh, she was supposed to be the the Jewish girl, huh, but interesting. it was like she like SNL was going on at the time and it was getting really big, so she had all this stuff. So she dropped out like a oh, month before yeah, yeah, they were supposed yeah. to go. That's cool. But would have been a very different film. Um, that's all I got. Sweet. Yeah. You never find out who the killer is. So no, he, that's great. I know that's the left best open. Part. Yeah. yeah, it's just phone ringing at the end. Yeah. So yeah. what's your what's your uh, what's your rating? This is like an eleven. Cool. For yeah. me, this is one of the. Yeah, I'll give it a ten. It's yeah. Pretty perfect horror movie. It it creeped us out. It's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's good. good. It's really good. It's yeah. a lot of fun. It's really really cool. The you know, like I said, there's a complex serial killer, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Now we go to our interview portion, but mm-hmm. what? How? How do we transition into that? I don't know. Probably just like, it's just like some. Here comes Krampus. Here comes Krampus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here comes Krampus. Here comes Krampus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will put you in a barrel, hit you with his stick. All right, so we are here interviewing Al Reidenauer, director of Krampus Los Angeles and author of The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas, Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil. How you doing, Al? Hi, good. Uh, good to be talking to you. Yeah. Um, welcome. Thank you. For, yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> for, coming thanks on. for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, so... Uh, when was uh kind of kind of when was your interest in the whole um you know Krampus legend and sort of uh, everything that comes with it? When when did that kind of start for you? Um, well, I had uh, back when I was in college, I was I was studying German, so I was a little exposed to uh, some of this okay. just, uh, through school, and then uh, then external reading. But uh, I really got into it more heavily. Um, I think a lot of people started hearing about the Krampus in the early 2000s. Uh, the images started to circulate online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and I realized I could actually, I realized that I could actually try to go to see a Krampus and Krampus uh, activities in Europe myself someday. So I started doing research, and then about a year later, I managed to get over there. And uh, the research that I did to sort of uh, try to plan the trip ended up becoming kind of the the starting point of the book so that's right. back in 2013 uh and 2014 and then the book came out in 2016 so mm-hmm. yeah so you've been two, working two, on it for a good three years. years so wait when you when you first went to uh germany what did you what was like kind of like the first event that you saw that was like the krampus event uh, uh the first uh krampus run that i saw was in Austria, actually. Oh, cool. Um, oh. And uh, it was, uh, I went to an area that's particularly known as being um, traditional, mm-hmm. very traditionalist, which means they kind of preserve the practice as it existed uh, in the like earlier part of uh, early, early 1900s, mid uh, to mid 1900s. Uh, before that, they kind of, it's a little hard to know what exactly was happening, but so it's uh, near. It's in, in the Alps. Most of this is all either in the Alps or nearby, um, southeast of uh, Salt, the city of Salzburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the, the Valley of the Gustein Valley, which is like pretty well known in for people uh, who are interested in this stuff as being one of the real traditional spots. Mm. So that's just like where my research took me, and then I 
I saw a couple of things there, and then I also ended up going to Munich too. So that way, I got more of the, the like the big city uh, urban version of it. So yeah. the other area was very. Uh, it's like you know, little farms really scattered. I mean, there's a town proper, but a lot of it's kind of out in the uh, the farms and stuff. So mm. got kind of a nice range of experiences. I would love to, and I that I would love to see more, but. Uh, that's what I saw that year. And then a lot of the other research is just talking to people online and messaging people. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, what was, uh, so when you, you mentioned that you went to the, the Krampus run that was in kind of more of the mountains north of uh, Salzburg, um, and then the Munich one, but was like one more extreme than the other? Like what, what was kind of like, like where the people dressed up as Krampus more... I don't know, more violent with their uh, whippings and whatnot and then like wrestling people or something. And, and what was that kind of like? Uh, well, uh, yeah, no, there's there's definitely a difference. And uh, I would say the more the older, more traditional area, like a Valley, uh, is a lot more uncontrolled. In fact, um, the, in Munich, it's a bit more like a uh, it's a bit more like a parade. And in uh, Gustine, it's more like uh, just <laughs> they, these troops of Krampus is sort of running amok, or they—I mean—they're controlled. They—they they, they follow it. There's always a Saint Nicholas figure with them, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. like little groups of like six or seven Krampuses and uh, some other auxiliary characters, but uh, they don't actually. It's not like one is marching after the other. Instead, what's happening is they're just kind of uh, crisscrossing the the town. So there's—it's actually—and they take pride in the fact that they don't have a central parade route. So in Munich, on the other hand, it is more organized, uh, mm. with one group following another down on the main, <clears throat> the main, uh, the main street in central Munich. Um, and then Munich is actually not as some of the lo- some cities actually will set up uh, barriers between the uh, the Krampuses and the the crowds, so that is a little more controlled. But right. uh, so Munich's not particularly controlled, but in the, or basically like in the urban. In the urban areas, you have uh, cost, you have more control, and you also have a little more. Um, the costumes are more modern, uh, a little more. What you know, we'd see it as a little more sophisticated. They look a little bit more like uh, uh, monster masks from you know Hollywood, um, and they they even call them that. They call them, um, uh, or they refer to them often as like Hollywood style because uh, the uh, the style of the sculpture is just a lot more. It's a lot more realistic and a lot more maybe detailed, and the others look a lot look a bit more uh, folkloric kind of, but they right. also are, can be very extreme. They, they, they're very grotesque and like huge, <laughs> huge yeah. noses yeah. that hook and teeth that go up through oh, in front of the face. I mean, they're very exaggerated. So mm-hmm. right. it's, they're just sort of different styles, but uh, so it kind of, there's something there for whoever would, you know, I think different people would like different, different styles of run. Right. Mm-hmm. And you've, and you yourself have made a bunch of different Krampus masks, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah. When I when I got back from uh, from seeing that stuff in person, um, friends and I started talking about having a having a cramp doing a Krampus run in in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and and so a lot of the people I know there have some interest in art and making things, and so yeah, I started making uh, I started making masks, and other people did. And eventually, we ended up having doing a uh, doing a Krampus run. And I always do when I make my mask. I do. I do try to look at the. Uh, to me, it's important to kind of keep close to the original, to what they, you know, what the real thing looks like in Europe. Um, 
So it's one, you know, obviously you you can sculpt a demon mask or you can look at something else as a prototype. And, and right. mm-hmm. there's a bit of a difference. Um, there's a certain, there's certain styles that I'm going to try to emulate them. Yeah. And um, so this was, so this Krampus run Los Angeles this year. So that's what the, is that the fourth then since you guys started doing it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Let's see. It started in 2013. So uh, yeah. 17. Yeah. Fourth. And is it is it getting bigger every year? Um, I think it is. We in 2015. No, it's definitely it's definitely drawing bigger crowds. So uh, sure. one year, I think 2016 or 2015 or 16, it was kind of rainy and it was a, it was a bit of a smaller crowd. But every year, it seems to be more crowd, more of a more spectators and more performers, more crampuses. Um, in 2015, we actually had. Uh, it was maybe that was that might have been the that's probably the most uh, Krampuses we had out on the street because we all right. we had a, a group come over from Austria which was really exciting that was the first wow Krampus troop to come from Europe and uh, there were a dozen of the, those guys and of course they all looked really awesome they, mm-hmm. they all had sure. the real deal and they they actually brought out some masks um, <clears throat> they were figured they're gonna maybe help finance their uh, some of the trip by selling some of the old masks and so a few people in our in LA bought them so we have the we do have a few authentic european masks oh, that's in the, so cool. in the, our LA trip now that's really cool um i have to yeah, i have to i i have to ask cuz it's it sort of personally applies because i was the pinecone man this year um yeah. where did where did the pinecone man come from <laughs> well some some of the uh some of the costumes, uh, this could be a very long answer, so cut me off if I start okay. <laughs> more than you need. But some of the costumes in the Krampus run um, aren't Krampuses, like you said, your uh, your character. Um, and I some of them are made for, uh, I also, when I, even before I had the book out, I would, I had given lectures on the Krampus. And it was my lectures, uh, I brought, I would bring out a, uh, I called it the a Krampus catwalk or a, a costume catwalk. So I'd have, mm-hmm. I talk about uh, different figures from folklore and then I'd bring out an example of the costume, costume that I'd made. And your costume that you, you that you made is called a Zapfenmandel, which means okay. a Frankone man in, in German, uh, Austrian German. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's actually, um, it's a different, it's a figure uh, called a Percht, which is, Related to the Krampus, it's an older, it's sort of the old pagan antecedent of the Krampus. And in certain towns, they taught, they have different kinds of uh, these spirits. It, it, the Pers is a very kind of general kind of class of, uh, uh, it's almost, it's almost like the equivalent of the fairies or some kind, you know, that supernatural oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. race that is half invisible, half, you know, sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. But in the, it's sort of the Alpine translation, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So they are good and bad Pershton. Pershton is the plural. I can't help, can't say Pershton. Sounds weird. So there are good and there are good and bad ones. And yours would have been the, the pinecone man would be sort of like a protective spirit of the forest. There's a number of them that are kind of really strongly associated with the, with the forest. I mean, that's <laughs> there's a lot of forests down in that region. So right. Yeah. Right. Spirits guarding it. So yeah, that would be. Uh, so he he looks a little creepy, but um, I guess he is supposed to be a uh, a good person. I honestly I don't know that much about that character in general. That I will be honest that I I, I saw I've seen pictures of different interpretations of, of what that thing's supposed to look like, and it just seemed like an exciting idea to make a suit covered entirely in uh, pine cone bits. Oh, mm-hmm. it's cool. I mean, and it looks great. As uncomfortable as it <laughs> is like to wear, thing, yeah. it's. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed a lot, like, you know, wearing it that it was, it was, you know, a, a lot of people took, you know, great interest in it because it was like, well, that, that guy looks a lot different than yeah. all of these other Krampuses. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a few other characters um, that are not specifically Krampuses. I'm trying to think. We didn't have them out this year, but there's another uh, character called, they call them the Wild Barbaras or Bebola. Um, and, that, and they're a figure that appears on St. Barbara's Day, <clears throat> which is actually, uh, uh, Let's see, that's December 4th, I think. Yeah. And uh, the December 5th is actually a traditional Krampus day. Mm. So they appear the day, the end of the Krampuses appear the night of, well, the eve, they appear on the 5th and the 6th. But anyway, so the Barbers appear on the streets of certain cities. It's really very regional in some, in this, is there, that's actually in Bavaria rather than Austria. Right. And they also carry switches and they're sort of like the female, females dress up as these figures. And, Occasionally, females will dress up as Krampuses, but that's not very traditional. But this is a, a time for the females to basically do what they they have switches and they do basically what the Krampuses do. They chase people around, and mm -hmm. one of the things they do is they demand that they force. And it's always they, so the female, the barbers always chase men, and the, and whereas the Krampuses do tend to chase women in in, in Europe. Um, mm. So they they will demand that a, the the and usually of course they'll target somebody they know from the town or whatever gotcha. and they demand that they hit their knees and say the Lord's prayer and if they don't do it fast enough or the right way they'll swat them with the switches. Oh so man! Kind of like so we used to have these those figures out and they the, the masks are really interesting. They're covered. They're all made with uh, moss or some you know, forest materials mm -hmm. and then otherwise their clothing is like an old crone sort of. Oh. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Oh, and there's a giant goat character you saw. Um, yes, he does. That's called a Habergeist, which is just uh, it, it, it's the word goat is in there. It's a different kind of compound from Austrian um, variant. Um, he is like uh, it's, he's also a little bit mysterious as to what he represents. There's lots of different stories about what it should, what it they what it, some stories even say it's half bird, half goat. Some say it's half male, half female, but it's uh, it kind of is the harbinger of of either good fortune or, or bad fortune, depending on who mm -hmm. you listen to. So I think a lot of these figures are really ambivalent, but uh, those figures sometimes are kind of, uh, they, they are seen sometimes in Krampus runs. It's not that common. I've even seen it referred to as the Krampus's pet, which huh. is kind of funny. Just a giant but, yeah, they're, associated. They, they're kind of a winter, another winter figure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so as far as like your background and, you know, creating these masks and sort of doing this, um, you know, so a lot of this creative stuff is like, um, so you started, it started kind of with an, a background in animation. Is that right? Um, I had studied, yeah, I studied, well, I mean, I did animation when I was a kid for fun, um, like okay. claymation and dinosaurs, you know, when, when, when I was like 12. Um, and then I ended up doing uh, computer animation for a, 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 about a decade when I went to UCLA and studied animation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's like one, I mean, I, you know, and I also always, uh, because I, you know, I like doing stop motion, where I like making things, making puppets and so forth. So, you know, it's not any big leap to make masks and so right, forth. Right, right, right. Yeah. One one thing uh, that we, we we talked a little about a little bit beforehand uh, was the uh, cacophony society. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know about this. Uh, I had heard about it because I'm like a huge fan of Fight Club, but I didn't know that you were <laughs> part of that. And that's so amazing. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So, can, um, we, yeah, you were society. Yeah, is kind of tied into all this. Well, how it started. Uh, the oh, people right. I've been referencing, the people that wanted to make suits and run amok on the streets and smack people. I mean, that would have been a perfectly good cacophony society event. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, 
the Cacophony Society started in San Francisco, uh, but I started the, uh, we called them lodges, uh, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, in like 90, 1990. And then we ran for about 10 years. And uh, while well, San Francisco had a chapter, and then Chuck Palahniuk was actually, he would he would do stuff with the group up in Portland, which is also pretty active. Those are the three biggest cities. Um, and I remember seeing, we actually saw, I saw Chuck at um, a, uh, the Santa. People know about, a little bit about, people have seen the Santa Con, Santa Rampage, whatever you the yeah. different names for, but it's when hundreds of people get dressed in Santa suits and get drunk and run amok. Mm-hmm. So I saw Chuck at one of those in um, Portland in um, 95, I think. And that was like, and those years it was kind of different. Um, it was, uh, well, this, we actually had the, we actually had armed police out uh, sort of stopping us from entering a certain shopping, oh, shopping area. And that was like, at that, at that point is where, when I saw him, um, it was been, there had been some, uh, anti-globalist riots and Al flew from LA. Oh, you, yeah. you, uh, you, uh, t- like something just happened. Can you repeat that? Just you, you said something about anti-globalist. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I think there was a, there was a lot of anxiety about what we were going to do because for one thing it was new and another, uh, there had been these, uh, anti-globalist riots in, in, I think Seattle that year. So, they just thought we were going to be. They expected some kind of anarchy, and they prepared. They over prepared. They even had a police tailing our the little contingent that came from Los Angeles. They mm-hmm. they uh, met met our plane when it <laughs> landed and gave us a police escort to the the our rendezvous point. So they were they were very concerned. They followed us all the way through that. But what so that Santa thing? Um, a lot of cacophony people. It, it got bigger and bigger, and. Um, it became so big that there was no sense of uh, people kind of lose that sense of like challenge and that kind of uh, it, it becomes a sort of crowd mentality. So nobody feels responsible and therefore nobody feels challenged and therefore excited really. So it kind mm. of became routine. And then it was just like a bar crawl. Yeah. When we, in the early years, I remember we, I brought a bunch of Santas. We had a couple bus loads of Santas. We went to the big, uh, national gun show. So when we tried to plan things that wouldn't make for good photo ops, we visited the Scientologists and kind of dropped dropped in on their Christmas Wonderland exhibition and took some good photos. Oh, so usually man. we'd kind of our what we where we visited would be kind of pointed and satirical, and there there'd be a little more to it than just getting drunk and walking from place to place. place. Yeah, some people weren't drunk. No, no, <laughs> but anyway, they so just what, wanted that, the experience. We kind of, yeah, we, and we kind of burned out on it a little, and it became predictable. But so a lot of us hadn't even participated in that for like 10, 15 years, 20 mm-hmm. years, wow. I'm sure. But we kind of liked the idea. And it was it was fun to go out on the streets and and, uh, you know, create that sort of surprising art piece. Uh, yeah. Scene. Yeah. Like guerrilla theater. So that's kind of that that into the Krampus thing. And it's like, I guess people also like doing something around the holiday. It's some kind of strange and alternative tradition. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think so it's just so tense around the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that for you was like kind of getting the band back together, so to speak, yeah, yeah, of like was, evolving yeah. from the Santa exactly. happenings to yeah. more of the Krampus <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun because it was getting the people together who really wanted – making the suits is, uh, and the masks is really an investment. So it's people who are really, you know, more than – it's more than buying a $20 Santa suit, you know, yeah. getting on a yeah. bus. So yeah. it's like it's like kind of – I mean, really, like all the people involved are really great people. 
kind of uh you know kind of was a certain plateau yeah. <laughs> you know to get to to be part of it so yeah which is good we, you only want the best people carrying switches and hitting the general public yeah <laughs> generally <laughs> that's a good idea yeah gotta have kind of have some some standard of who you're going to give weapons to and say go hit people yeah. uh-huh. with with that group do you have any other like good stories from kind of happenings that you guys did or, or things that you were like that really stick out in your mind that were kind of fun or weird or interesting oh um god i mean uh we <laughs> there were lots of times we we also dressed as clowns and would go to century city the big corporate like office towers and oh we'd go god. from floor wow. to floor and we'd say we're here for John's birthday party, and, <laughs> and, basically, and I would be a John, and we'd be let in, and they'd say, "Can you wait here? We don't really in there to go check their records." And then they have to check every John, that, yeah, leave that office, and you know, eventually we get thrown out. And occasionally, you know, security. We usually kind of pull back whenever there's actually going to be an arrest or something. <laughs> Trying to, I don't think there was any actual arrest in LA. I think there might have been in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, we also did. We did other. We did. Uh, we did other pranks. Uh, I mean, we dressed in clean suits and would walk around a neighborhood with like things that looked like uh, Geiger counters, like pretending like there was some kind of a toxic spill. Or oh something. my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's sort of, so good. Wait, that's but this amazing. is before. 9-11 so people weren't like really oh, really my God, concerned we couldn't do a lot of the stuff we yeah we could yeah. not do a lot of the stuff now that we did then it was, yeah uh, super restrictive now I mean, yeah hmm. yeah so did yeah, you... we dressed as we dressed as dogs and went to the beverly hills dog show and oh <laughs> awesome <laughs> did you ever have any any so, moments yeah, this is kind of second nature did you ever have any moments working with um or, or, or doing those that were like kind of little frightening or was there any moment that was like oh god we've taken this too far or, oh my god what like you know what are we doing or... oh well i mean even even this the first that one year i was talking about the santa thing i remember i would i i it, it was the the days it was more innocent times and i made a joke about explosives <laughs> oh <laughs> no so that was like i felt a little bad about that i think right. i was so intent on amusing my people with me i just was like I didn't care, and then I cared a little after. Yeah, <laughs> like two hours later. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um. So, Al, did you see the movie Krampus? Yeah, the 2015 we, one. We just watched it this year, and we have yeah. some opinions. But we, we, since you're, you know, such an expert, we'd love to hear your opinions. What was yes. kind of like the things that were wrong about it? What was not right? What seemed like this is bullshit to you? And did you like it? Um, I don't that, know. That, I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. But yeah, it was funny because they actually, um, they, they got in touch with our group um, and wanted, I guess they, they considered us influencers, which is a new category I learned about it in 2015. Yep. So they thought we were going to like, you know, get a lot of people aboard and excited about it, kind of be a grassroots mm-hmm. uh, publicist for them. And, you know, I'd seen, I just seen posters and trailers and, no, I hadn't even seen trailers yet. I'd seen the posters, and I was a little dubious. I guess I, I liked um, uh, Trick or Treat. I thought that was I kind love of fun Trick or Treat. Yeah, that's yeah. A great it's movie. so yeah. good. So I wasn't like completely. It was, you know, and I knew it wasn't. I knew it was a horror film, and you always make concessions. You're not going to like have straight, straightforward folklore. You have to adapt and make things work yeah. dramatically mm-hmm. and dramatically. Especially when Universal. Yeah, on there board. was just so. Yeah, they invited me to a screening um, of the film, and I said, I think I was saying, I don't know if I can help you. I really feel like I have to know more about the film. And then they had like a little advanced screening, and then the next day, 
they wrote me and said, so are you going to be able to help us? And uh, I just said, uh, well, there's no Krampus in that movie. <laughs> there was, it has so little to do with what the actual tradition is about. Yeah. Right? And it was just, yeah. And I also, and it, like, I was ready to, you know, I, I didn't even think, I thought it was neither scary or funny, too. I was like, yeah. it, had been, it had been its own mythology. Uh-huh. <laughs> either, yeah. either one of those I might have been happy with it. Yeah. And yeah. When I, it was... and my lecture people ask me about, when I talk about the book, they do ask about the film. And the thing that yeah. I think it always seems weird to me is they, they actually, they go so far as to have the German grandmother. Yeah. So like kind of, you know, tying it back to what you'd think would be the authentic source. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when she's telling the kid about the Krampus, it's like completely made up. There's nothing in that little animated sequence where she talks to gives the whole flashback of where what it's all about there's nothing in that that's actually true yeah yeah so yeah, yeah i did not we did not help them publicize the film although i did rent on one of my suits which is kind of nice for a, oh a, nice uh, oh yeah I made a little money, money off that yeah uh, they did yeah, some spanish language promotion you know they really wanted to reach the uh uh latin the spanish language market with their film and um why they uh Somebody had told them, I guess that. Well, I guess that's a good big market, good market for horror films. And somebody had told them. I think they had talked to somebody previous. Um, uh, someone, I don't know who it was, but they somebody had told them that the Krampus was the was the son of uh, uh, the the, uh, the devil and Santa Muerte or some bizarro. What? Like oh. I don't know if they made that up just to jerk their chain. Oh, yeah. Asking us, is is that true? And like, well. You're like no, no, no. They were in the dark. Is it is it close to a, another character in folklore? It, like I I didn't get it. I get it, like it's kind of a demon, but like I I, I didn't in, uh, understand. You mean like in Latin American folklore? No, or? no, no, no. Like in in anything else you've encountered? Like oh, is sure, it? Yeah. Is, There's a lot of. Uh, in fact, uh, my book actually, you know, like really only a, 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 about a half of it is specifically about the Krampus, and the rest, of the other half is about. All of these other uh, yeah. figures that uh, are basically similar in that they're like uh, there's a, often a costume tradition associated, and it'll be costume characters going door to door at night in the winter. So you know, in you know, in those in that same period, kind of. So there's a bunch of there are a bunch of different characters that mm-hmm. a lot of those traditions have died out. But there's if you look at when you start looking at the it's kind of like the Krampus family tree. You see you see you know where it comes from at first. You know, Americans hear of this, this. It's like the opposite of Christmas. It's crazy. How could there be this character? But when you really look into the background of the folklore, there's like, there's so much else there. It just starts to really make sense that the Krampus would exist. It's not this crazy opposite bizarro world. Thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Do you have any? This this might sound weird, but do you have any like Krampus stories that you heard or read about that that you were like, this is actually really pretty terrifying? Like, more so than just um, the general, like, folklore. Well, like, is there, like, a historical thing that you're like, what is this, like, kind of thing? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, well, uh, you know, I mean, for one thing is there, uh, people haven't, you know, people don't believe in this creature. No. Um, and right. they haven't believed for centuries. But um, there are still spooky. There's, there's a weird story. I'm trying to see if I can remember it correctly. It was about um, some people. They they were actually this other ca- character, this other related parish spirit that I was talking about. That it's like the Krampus, and it appears in uh, around New Year and a fifth and eighth January sixth. So it's it's similar, and it's 
but there's a the story is from like I think it's from like the 1800s and the 1800s actually, and it's about a group of people dressed. They're not supposed to be real, Pearson, uh, um, but they're going from town. They're going to a, from one town to the other, and um, there's some incident. I, I'm trying to remember uh, what happens, but they they uh, I think if there's one of one of them. There's some fight with somebody along the road, and somebody is killed. And at the end of the incident, they're they're fleeing, and they realize that they had started out as twelve of them in these costumes, and now there's thirteen. <laughs> so it's Ooh. implied that there's an actual real pair following them, and we assume that that's the one that had killed one of the one of the other townspeople they crossed paths with. Which I, I don't, I'm not really telling that story well, but it seems like mm. enough other urban legends we have. So that's the real instead of a costume thing, it's supposed to be the real thing. I kind of like that story. I don't know if it's that's cool. It anything oh, yeah, that's but, great. And yeah, then there were thirteen. Yeah, yeah, it's like thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. What were some of kind of like the horror films that you grew up with that, that really scared you and that uh, that you really love? Like, what's your favorite? What was kind of the first when you, that you saw as a kid that kind of influenced you and scared you? Oh, um, well, I grew up on. I grew up in the when I was a little kid in the '60s, early '70s, and that was still was kind of the time when they were resurrecting all the old Universal pictures for TV, mm-hmm. and then you know mm-hmm. started to see Hammer pictures too. Yeah, but I was yeah. like a real big fan of the old '30s, '40s movies. Um, I was like had the famous Monsters magazine. I would try to buy that every month when I could. And, Nice. Um, so it was part of like a whole like you know and they had the model kits and I made the models and stuff. So but yeah, I liked the old classic uh, monsters when I was a kid. And then you know I got exposed to I didn't think the eighties. I still don't think the eighties was a very good time for horror films. The but some independent stuff in the seventies seemed good. And I think there's just now with the international international stuff being more available, uh, there's 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 so much. There's so much more that that we didn't have back then. I mean, yeah. you didn't, even, didn't yeah. have VHS when I was a kid. Um, I guess in one a horror film that I saw. Somebody's asked me this recently. In a horror film that I saw within the last uh, year, I think at least was that I really liked was Eyes of My Mother, which is a Spanish film that's really creepy. Yeah, um, it's it's yeah, kind it's of good. have you seen it? Yes. Yeah, I I really like that. And then just you know, I guess we were watching uh, we were watching uh, <laughs> Drag Me to Hell, which is another one I think was just fun and and not maybe not as creepy or scary but it just got it has nice atmosphere it's and it such has, a blast the, yeah uh, yeah it moves along well mm-hmm. i actually just found out uh my girlfriend actually realized we watched another film called night of the demon which is a early a late 50s mid 50s film from uh it's set in england i don't know if it's an english film or not but night apparently that's demon. Why does based that on the same familiar? story uh mr james ghost story called casting the runes but is uh that um uh, Drag Me to Hell was also based on very oh. different interpretations, but you, you, there's a, you can kind of see the same uh, plot line running through both of them. Nice. We'll nice. Have to check that it one sounds out. so familiar. I, I yeah, can't I think don't... of it. Although it does, it does make me think of Demon Knight. Yes, uh, the, the Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt movie. Uh, well, yeah. there's also a Night of the Demons. Isn't there like an '80s or '90s film with all that? Or there... Night of the Demon, maybe. Sounds, that that might be the Tales from the so Crypt familiar. one that came out in the '90s. That maybe. was Demon yeah. Knight. Yeah. But then there's also, uh, like an Argento film or a Fulci film. The that's Demons or something, right? I think, oh, the I Demons. Think... Yeah, I, yeah. I think I saw that a long time ago. I haven't but, seen that yeah. one, but we're uh, probably going to check it out. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's, I, fun to, it's fun to see people reinterpret, you know, stories different ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I remember. I mean, even like, I also wrote another fa- favorite film of mine is it's German is uh, Herzog's re- uh, remake of Nosferatu. I really love, think that's a oh, really it's so great good. film. We, I'll, I'll watch that like once a year. Yeah, we just watched that this year, and yeah, it's so interesting. And Kinski's so. Kinsey. So, so yeah. yeah, but he's so, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You like couldn't and think of somebody. Budget, and you know, because he, he was a documentary filmmaker, you see there, like he uses real people, and it really feels yeah. it feels real. Like yeah. all the gypsies, I think, are people he found. I think it was shot I, somewhere. I was reading. I know the castle they used for uh, Nostradamus' castle was in the Czech Republic, I think. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he definitely like pulled in like the people that are on camera. Like they look like farmers or, or sheepherds or whatever. That they, they look like they look like the people that, that would be in those country, those lands. Right. Really yeah. adds to the sort of feel of the authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have, real we life. usually, we usually like to ask people out, uh, if they have like any real life ghost stories, if they've ever like seen a ghost or, um, experienced one or know, you know, know somebody personally that has and have you, Oh, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend and I love, we, we love ghost shows. And awesome. we're both a little, we're both fairly skeptical, but I, I will say that I did have some, one thing that happened when I was like in my, maybe I was 20, I think. Um, I was in um, Bath, England, you know, a very ancient city, and mm-hmm. we were in a hotel, and this isn't really much, but it was really weird at the time. I remember seeing the dresser actually just move like six oh. inches right in front of me. I saw it move, and, you know, I cannot explain that in any, in any natural way. Yeah. So it's not wow. exactly a ghost maybe but it was definitely something that didn't feel like it was right just something paranormal supernatural that's awesome that's awesome you have a lot of people have ghosts do a lot of people have ghost stories that you talk to um actually we've we've gotten a few really good ones yeah um yeah you know a couple of like whisperings and murmurings that people have heard like Mm -hmm. we've got we've got this one recently where you could hear where um uh, where a friend of ours was doing a recording and you could hear this like murmuring and whispering like answering back that was obviously coming from like right next to her yeah so strange and then uh they told us about it and then we turned up the volume or they had turned up the volume and they told us because she was like talking about piano stuff and then the voice goes like that's wonderful and like all this creepy stuff and uh it was a pretty friendly ghost yeah just cheering her on yeah Uh yeah um but yeah i mean we we always love asking that question yeah Um, yeah that's awesome well, Al, thank you so much for yes, talking with us. And Krampus yeah, run was amazing. I only got—I didn't get to go to the the one, but Jacob was at both. But I got to go to the uh, uh, the one de- in yeah, downtown LA, run. and that yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. just didn't make it to the ball. Yeah. I didn't make it to the ball. Yeah. Um, what are, What are the plans for the Krampus Los Angeles? Um, I know that you are you're moving to Pittsburgh. Is that right? To Philadelphia. 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 Yeah. Okay. But uh, the events will still go on in Los Angeles. Okay. And there, there's actually uh, a Krampus group out there. Oh, that fantastic. I'm sure I'll be doing stuff with. And there's other, it's very German American. So I feel like there's a lot of possibilities right. out there for mm-hmm. a lot of interest in this. And they even have their own tradition out there of, the, of a, a sort of version of the Krampus that, that came over with the, you know, in the, with immigrants in the 1700s. And actually was uh, practiced up into the 30s and 60s. It's a, Character's called Belschnickel, and he's very similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I only know that because of The Office, because of Dwight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dwight dresses up as him, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, well, Al, uh, good luck with the move. Uh, thanks for coming Thank on, you. and uh, yeah, have a good one. Thanks, Thank Al. Thank you. It was fun. All right. All right. Talk to you soon.
All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of Christmas Man, time fun. I had fun. no idea about the, um, was it the cacophony? I know. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had no idea about that until this morning when I was we, like, doing some of my research. We got to start that. We got to start it back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, just going to be you and me and Santa. Well, like I mean, they, they, ended up, they ended up starting Burning Man, so that's kind of how oh. they've sort of lived on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, that's it. That's it. That's, and that's our it show for the year. Yeah, not for life, but uh, maybe maybe when we come back, we'll do like a New Year's episode. It'd be fun. I don't. Know. Are there any New Year's horror films? Yeah, there's a Terror Train. Ah, yes, yeah, Jamie yeah, yeah. Lee Curtis, and maybe there's one called like New Year's Evil. Oh, that's awesome. Is there? That'd be pretty fun. Um, there's got to be. We could yeah. watch just uh that New Year's Eve movie. Yeah. With Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Is that a horror film? No. 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 But we could just watch it. We could just hang out. What's and watch the one? It. What's the one? Um, what's the one with uh, like Ryan Gosling and um, like New Year's Day or something? Or New Year's? What? New? What's the one? What's the one? What's the movie? with Baby Goose? New Year's Day, Ryan Gosling, with Baby Goose. But what? No, no, no. It's not a real thing. Nope, it's not. It's not a real thing. There it's is a movie. So we need to write a stupid horror movie. Stupid Crazy Love. That has nothing to do with... That's Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. Um, we need to write a movie starting, starring Ryan Baby Gosling. Goose? Starring Baby Goose. That's about the horrors of New Year's Day. God, that'd be so cool. It'd be amazing. It'd be so good. And the killer is uh, a man dressed as Baby New Year's. <laughs> just wearing a pageant thing around his... <laughs> And it's just a big fat guy wearing a baby Huey mask. That'd be pretty fun. And uh, he has those like things, those like little horn trumpets that unroll. The What do they call those? Horn trumpets that unroll. <laughs> it's um, like Krampus's tongue. Yes. Yeah. Unfurl. But it screams but instead. But it screams instead. Yeah, that's fine. Um, if you're in California, stay away from the fires. Warm yourself by... Yes, fire Ventura. The Jimmy. Thomas fire is still going. Um, yeah, and it's it's been spreading. I think it spread like eight thousand acres which this week, which sucks. Um, which is horrible. Uh, if you you know have any, any interest in helping out, donate to the Thomas Fire Fund. Yeah, because um, L.A. is um, literally on fire. <laughs> yeah, well, Ventura is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a pretty good year. Do you have any? Well, um, it, it's been it's been an interesting year. It's politically, it's been a shitty year. It's been horrible. I mean, you know, God damn it, fuck. Yeah. What? What? Come on. What happened? FCC. A little bit of. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. my lights are flickering right now. I think that's the ghost's way. Of I mean, uh, an organization yeah. literally ignored eighty-three percent of the population's opinion on something and said "fuck you." Yeah. So that's that's you know that's that always happened. fun. That but we will march on. We will continue to watch horror movies throughout the holiday season. We're gonna I'm continue gonna, bringing the, you the best. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch uh, Scrooged. Yeah. Because I watch it every year, Scrooge and Die movie. Hard. That's my double feature uh-huh. for uh, uh, Christmas time. Did I got well? I, we watch. You weren't awake, but we watched Christmas Vacation after uh, Silent Night. Are Deadly you kidding? Night. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Triple we were feature. up to like two, and you just slept through the whole it thing. Was nice. It was, was really sleepy. funny. I've yeah. been up since four that day. And then um, my dog, my my dog, uh, cuddled with you. Which I know. Was really cute. Toby. Yeah. We're friends um, now. What was I gonna? What was I gonna say? 
Uh, oh, yeah, I got out of Star Wars on Friday, and Die Hard was playing at the Vista at midnight. Oh, damn it. I wish I could have seen I that. I wanted to stay, but screen. I had already been in the theater for two and a half That's hours. That's too long. That's way too long. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas, uh, Krampus. Merry Christmas, it's not human podcast. Merry Christmas, not to Merry Christmas, Ajit. Freddy Krueger. Merry Christmas, Billy the Psycho. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Margot Kidder. Merry Christmas, Margot Kidder. Oh, dude, Merry Christmas too, Margot Kidder. I know, what a indeed. Oh, what a She's gorgeous. Well, this was a lot of fun. It. it was. We got another, we'll have another episode in the next I'm, month. I'm full of nog. I got so much nog. I've full drank so much nog. And I've eaten a lot of candy. Lots of candies and cookies. I'm going to go do some skiing next week. Are you really skiing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going fair. to Jackson and going skiing. Oh, going to be tight. That's going to be, be awesome. tight. I will just be in the cold of Chicago. Yeah, well, I may meet you out there. Braving it. But uh, during this time of holiday stress, I suggest going to the closet, wrap a blanket around your head, and yeah. scream. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Until you feel better. Mm-hmm. What definitely not to do is to uh, beat your wife with a ball peen hammer until she's dead don't and then take do a bunch that. of pit don't poison. Do, don't do that. Don't, don't do please that. don't do that. Please don't do that. And again, uh, if you're having a tough time this holiday season, um, just reach out. Yeah. 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 Like if you're listening to this <laughs> and like you're like having a difficult time, we are too. <laughs> we all are. But we're gonna we're gonna brave it together. We're gonna get it together. Yeah. We're gonna have fun. Yeah. This holiday, just, just, just be goofy. I don't know. Just yeah. do something. Or if you just hate it all, just fuck it, you know? Watch, no. Watch that, some good horror movies. Yeah, watch a horror movie, then you I didn't mean it that. No, I didn't mean okay, it that yeah. way. But um, watch... I do have two shout-outs. Uh, I don't think we ever gave shout-outs to... Uh, oh, shout-out to Eric Hare for doing our music, as always. Yes, but we, we didn't... We got some. We got some reviews on itunes itunes and i never gave shout outs oh yeah we should do that one to sarah and one to melissa um those are our only two reviews awesome uh, but big shout outs to you guys for reviewing us on Thank itunes you for five and stars please if you're listening to this give us uh, a review it, it's it really does help out um, we're five star people i'm a five star I'm a five star man, man. <laughs> um uh, yeah. And to stay updated, uh, keep uh, in touch with us at It's Not Human Podcast. Um, have yourself on Instagram a merry little Crispins. A merry little uh, Crispins Glovers. Crispin Glovers. Um, thank yeah. you. We're we're enjoying making these things, and we'll keep watching as long as you keep listening. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hella tight. Hella yeah. Tight, bro. Just Bye, everybody. Christmas time. Christmas time. Christmas time.